0: Hey, who's ready for a little broadcast healing today? I know you are, but what am I? Oh, good Lord. Dude, I have to go there already. <laughs> it's time to stop being a tool of oppression. That's part of what we're going to talk about later in the show. The Robert Scott Bell Show is almost on, and we've got Dr. James Lyons-Weiler from IPAC. And we're going to be talking about, uh, well, what have we identified and validated as far as the uh, died suddenly scenario? Could it be related to mRNA injections facilitating or directing DNA protein manifestation of spikes, spikes that you would never create, finding their ways into areas and places that shouldn't be, there shouldn't be any spikes. We'll talk to Dr. Jack about that. Uh, but uh, let's see. First of all, Twitter is stopping censorship, maybe a little bit. We're going to get to that. And, oh, the San Francisco uh, City Council, I think, approved uh, deadly force by robots Yo, no, I'm not making this up. No, this is not uh, one of those movies, those dystopian science fiction movies. In San Francisco, uber-liberal city, they want to kill you with robots. I guess, if, well, only if you're protesting abortion. Maybe that's the limitation. I haven't read it all. We'll get to Come that. Come with
1: oh. me if you want to live. <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: gosh. I can't believe the stuff we're going to cover today on the show. Y'all, join us. RobertsGabell.com slash and Tell your friends. Share the show. And we'll be back live in just a couple of minutes with an educational open for you. And then we'll get educational with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler for sure later on in the program. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Show. All right. As we open today's Robert Scott Bell Show, we are going to talk a little bit more about Died Suddenly. Not necessarily the uh, documentary, but uh, why are people dying suddenly like in 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 droves if you can call it that um lots of uh, announcements of people just and, and granted i acknowledge that and I, and I know i i can speak for super don on this he it's like not we can't say 100 of everybody dying today is dying because of the same reason or the covid jabs not everybody is covid jab but it, it it appears that just about everybody that has these suddenly died scenarios are either uh jabbed and and jabbed and boosted and boosted and boosted boosted uh, in fact, I just saw a thing come across the uh, the wires. Alan Jackson, I think he's a country uh, music star. And Super Don, you made me aware. Uh, Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac uh, just passed. Now again, I, I I didn't look. I don't know anything. Are you about saying him. Alan Jackson died? If I'm not mistaken, what I just saw. Uh, Man, I was just reading about him uh, the, the other dead.
1: day. Yeah. Hold on there. Yeah, Christine uh, Christine McVie mm-hmm. um, from Fleetwood Mac uh, has been confirmed. She has died at the age yeah. of 79. Um, God,
0: I gotta go look yeah. up Alan Jackson. This one shocked. said, uh, yeah, Alan Jackson, 64 years of age. So, uh, if that's another one now, th- that's also why <clears throat> we've got Dr. James Lyons Weiler on. He's got a great article coming out uh, through his Substack that, yes, I'm subscribed to, of course, that talks about the various d- detailed mechanisms of action that have been identified in terms of contribution to death, sudden death, if you will. And it's it, it confirms. That which we've been saying, I'm, I'm we haven't been off base at all. Uh, there may be other things that we can talk with them about as well, but uh, definitely Alan Jackson like has him. not died. Okay, That's so okay. that was a, a bogus announcement. Yeah. I my apologies. that just kind of flashed okay. on my screen, and those things uh, uh, can happen. So, uh, thank you for correcting that in real <laughs> yes. time. I didn't mean to put it right into anybody who's a country music star, but when you said Christine McVee right before we went to air, I'm like, then suddenly this pops up. I'm like, come on, what is going on here? So, good. All right, Alan Jackson still with us. Uh, but Yay. but super D the uh, you know when we talk about these died suddenlys and sudden deaths, um, never before in the history of this show, and certainly because we're a health show primarily, we cover when people die, you know, famous people that we you know know about in our lifetime or we you know admire whatever. And I don't recall a time in the whole history, just like when we've talked about growing up in in Gen X. You know, when Mm -hmm. all of our friends, yes, we had so much autism right back in the day, like we didn't even know what that was. We didn't see an autistic kid when we were growing up our age. So, um, these things are very real in terms of a differential between the past and the present. For those of us who have been alive long enough to see the difference, we know the difference. For those young people, perhaps that don't know history, or even the old ones that have gone to sleep on it, uh, might actually believe the lies that they're being told. Now, it might be because you know, Twitter and social media networks have been suppressing the freedom of speech, the information in, in the electronic town square that uh, they don't hear what we're talking about because we get shadow banned and, you know, suppressed or, or outright uh, banned and censored from these uh, uh, or organizations, so to speak. But CNBC is reporting that Twitter has now stopped policing COVID misinformation under CEO Elon Musk and reportedly has restored 62,000 suspended accounts. As of uh, yesterday, I believe that was. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, if that's for real. Is that for real? I guess so. I mean, it's not like Alan Jackson. Yeah,
1: I would say it is. Okay, this one's for real.
0: Again, my apologies. It's just like we're talking, opening up casually here, and I'm like, I see this coming across my screen. So Um, people do that all the time, apparently. But in this case, uh, we're seeing a lot of people that are being reinstated uh, to Twitter that have been banned, and they're not, apparently, not suppressing opposing or differing views on COVID like they were doing before. Now this, according to leftist collectivist communist Hollywood elitists that are on Twitter claiming that they're leaving Twitter is just beyond the pale. How dare they allow freedom of speech in this uh, platform? Elon Musk is clearly a fascist for allowing people to disagree with people like Jim Carrey, who has now claimed he's leaving. And, And, you know,
1: what what is it? You know, there's a great uh, a meme, or not a meme, a cartoon. Far Side cartoon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love the Far Side, one of my oh, favorite cartoons page. ever. Yeah. And it has a pit. There's one. It has like uh, two doors, and one says "exit," mm-hmm. and the other one says "dramatic exit." And on the exit one, somebody's just walking through the door, yeah. and uh, and on the uh, the dramatic exit, the guy's walking through the door, and he's like. Ta-da. Going, going through the door, yeah. you know, a dramatic. And what is too. it with these people with these dramatic yeah. exits mm-hmm. of Twitters? Oh, this will be my last tweet. Shut up. Just go. Just leave. If you well, yeah. we
0: don't care, just go. But you know, they want to make a, some kind of statement, but are oh. you understanding the Reaction. statement? Oh, please don't go. Super deep. All right. While you're right. emoting, I want to ask you seriously. Yeah. Do you, it, you know, look, they're trying to dramatically leave because they want to send a message. Okay. I get it. But what is that message? Am I not seeing it? What is it that they they don't like that? For instance, Elon Musk is now allowing people who have conservative views. Is that it? I mean, is that how how wimpy and wussy is that for someone with supposed? They
1: no longer control the playground. Mm. You know, but did they? Did they? It think was a they safe did? space for libs. For a long oh, time, and then so, and and you know, whatever. There's all kinds yeah. of theories as to why Elon Musk did what he did. Yeah, you know, but you know, he uh, reigned on their parade, and now there are, uh, you know, they don't have the control. They don't. They don't control the narrative anymore,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so. Uh, you know what are they doing they're Oh, this is offensive. I'm leaving because they well, allowed somebody else to come back on Twitter that I don't agree with.
0: Or, so if you, but it basically, <clears> if you support free speech, you're automatically supporting yeah. hate speech and inciting inciting violence. But the left ever tends to look at itself in the incitement of violence that it promotes in its hate speech. It only is a one sided. They scenario. blame it free
1: speech as long as it's speech that they they like. agree with. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's sad, honestly. And I look back at the history of what we call liberalism growing up. Look, I had, I, like most young people, you, you tend to be liberal when you're young. And if you, if you have any brain cells, you get a bit more yeah, conservative. Yeah, that is true. You older, that is right? true.
1: That is true. So what do you, what do you think the reason is for that? How would you explain that? Why is it, why is getting older, mm-hmm. um, cause you to become less liberal and maybe more conservative? What would cause that?
0: Well, it's hard for me to answer that only because the definitions of liberal has changed and we've witnessed who claims to be liberal and what they stand for. Okay. Well, you were saying we're more
1: liberal when we're young. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, I, I would say, uh, in terms of, um, maybe libertarian, but I was thinking in terms of freedom of speech, Okay. right? Because when we grew up, the left was all about freedom of speech. Like you did the D Snyder's of the world with rock and roll and, you know lyrics and all advi- parental advisory, that kind of thing, and so you had the Christian right being the primary focal point. You know, at least what they promoted was censorship. Was it not? Do you remember that? I, I remember that totally. Yeah, Tipper Gore know, was, was a-
1: leading the leading the fight on that in in Congress. Yeah, in the Gore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And 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 I'm not a fan of let's say certain uh, music that is pretty foul and whatever. I wasn't even back then, but I was never of the mindset that, "Well, we need to ban it; it's offensive, whatever." Yeah, right. and yet that was seemingly a, a liberal ideal or value: freedom of speech, defending freedom of speech, including offensive speech, because that's what the, the right, so conservative mm-hmm. right, was targeting, for instance. And now we see the people on at least the proclaimed a uh, liberal left, uh, just uh, apoplectic over a reinstitution of some form or some semblance of freedom of speech that is offensive to them. So they become, the the, the very thing that they said they reviled, they've become, we've taught, called them the religious left. And I have you know friends that are on the left that don't recognize and acknowledge that, and they only look at the conservative right or Christian right in the same way it used to be. And I said, you know what? There is maturation among the the religious right now. I'm I'm not saying that's in hundred percent of the cases because every individual is different. But in general, that because of what they see in the left and the experiences they've had being, uh, uh, let's say, censored, they now have an awareness and a sensitivity to whoa, whoa, whoa! That First Amendment was indeed written to protect offensive speech that I don't like. Well, you know, if you have a, a you know deeply held religious view or whatever, and you're offended by something, you don't call for government banning it. You you recognize that that was you know a profound uh, brilliance of our founders to say you know what this first amendment was designed to protect speech you don't agree with because one day there'll be people in control and in charge that won't agree with you and if you've gotten that power when you were in charge to ban speech you didn't like they're going to use it against you that seems to be a wisdom of 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 the ages that is lost among the political left in a frenzied of emotional and irrationality like a Jim Carrey who I don't think is a stupid man. You know, anybody that is brilliant as a comedian tends to be very intelligent. He's but a pretty smart dude. Yeah. Yeah. But something is off. Something is off. And, and and I, you know, maybe it's an emotional abuse. Something has happened where you're not thinking rationally and clearly. And you've bought into this line that certain speech we have to ban in order to protect us. And who will do that? The government will do that. And if not the government, then we'll we'll imbue the social media companies with special powers to do that. And we'll say it's because they're private and they're not government. They can do that. When it turns out, you know, as we're finding out with these uh, depositions and things of government officials that they have been engaged in active censorship campaigns with what they thought would be plausible deniability, which might not be as plausible as, as they once thought or hoped it would be. So I, I don't know, super D are you seeing significant things other than, the certain Hollywood left is saying I'm leaving Twitter. Has, has it changed that much? Really? I mean, I guess some people are back.
1: <clears throat> I, I well, it's not, it's not, well, okay. It, it, <laughs> you know, unless you happen to be following these people or be, or, or fans of these people, if they leave, mm. you're probably not even going to notice or gone. So, I, I mean, it's just to, to their fan base, I suppose. Yeah. But you know, they, you know, it's like, again, nobody, um, I don't think there's really that many people care. You know, this reminds me of the the thing, like, when Neil Young was like, I'm leaving Spotify. Right. It was like, okay. It's not like Spotify is going to crash and burn because Neil Young's music isn't on it. Who cares? Who listens to Neil Young anyway? You know? I mean, some people probably do, but not enough that's going to make Spotify go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. You know, but it was to make us to I'm leaving. I don't support the fact that they allow Joe Rogan to be on here. You know, it's like, well, guess what? Joe Rogan has like 10 times, you know, probably more than that. You know, people, fans and and people that listen to his podcast than probably listen to, you know, uh,
0: Mm -hmm. your songs, you know, you know, I just acknowledge, I just acknowledge my sensitivity toward the left saying, you know what? I expect more from you. And maybe that's ridiculous of me because of what I intended to. No, no, not from you.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, about- I was, I was yeah. about to cry. What right. no, no, What did no. I do? I was, I oh, you angered me? You.
0: What? Not at all. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it wasn't directly. It was a thought that was just coming okay, through. Okay, fine. I love you have- Neil Young. Don't be you you mad, mad at me. in the crosshairs. No, no. I look, look, I, look uh, Neil Young's wife, Daryl Hannah. We've had her on the show. Smart, mm-hmm. very intelligent lady. Very passionate about the environment, and not someone who's hi- a hypocrite. She, you know, she runs on. You know, I remember back in the day, she's. I think she had a, a, a El Camino running on biodiesel when I knew her, when I met her, and she was on the show. I mean, someone who really lives what she believes, which I respect. Uh, yet she was, of course, taken side of her husband on this whole thing. And I think, well, you know enough about holistic natural medicine and know enough about big pharma and its evil minions and its attempts to suppress all natural healing why, why not nuance your argument? But again, this is me just going, I think you guys know better, but you're not doing better. And, and so maybe I should just get over the thought that back in my, back in the day that they had a little bit of integrity on freedom of speech and it's gone forever. Perhaps
1: it just, dude, it just, it just shows the hypocrisy.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, look, let's be fair. I mean, I, I think that exists on both sides of the, of the aisle. We do it that. Yeah, I do, and but you know, that's just it. Just exposes the hypocrisy. Free speech is 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 um, you know it's with with them and with a lot of people, they don't you know they're good with it unless it is something that makes them feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know. And and then they uh, they expose themselves for being, for being a hypocrite. You know, I mean, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. I All guess right. I guess we'll we'll see where it goes. But as far as Twitter goes. Uh, Good on on Elon. I know a lot of people were wondering if he was going to do something like this. And he's and it looks like he has. And I did I did verify it. It's officially on their website okay. that they are no longer uh doing the COVID misinformation thing. Mm-hmm. So good on him. We'll see where it goes from here. I will say uh that the last few days that I've been on Twitter, I have noticed the fact that there are less there's less censorship. Well, I guess if you want to call it censorship, there's less yeah policing going on on stuff that shouldn't be on there.
0: Okay.
1: Um stuff stuff that y- you don't want your kids to see, okay? Oh, okay. So, and, and cuz there's always going to be troublemakers and people that are trying to post stuff and upload stuff and everything on there, and there are people there that legitimately need to be there to take that stuff off of there because it doesn't belong on there. And that has been a problem. The <laughs> so, uh, last few days, where I go on Twitter to see,
0: hey, whoa, whoa, hey, what is that? Uh, it's been reported that China was flooding Twitter with all kinds of stuff too. I
1: did hear about that yeah. that they were doing that to try and and uh, I guess what distract people from from looking at tweets about the the uh, riots and the protests. Yeah, that's. I guess that's one way to do it.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Flood it with things. That, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, look, this is not a show that we do. Bash the left. Yet there are people on the left that have, you know, I remember we were, we were, we were very close to signing a deal with a sponsor that had a very good uh, CBD product. I, I'm glad it, the way it worked out is actually beautiful because I, I like better what we got in terms of nutritional frontiers and the connection and the family that we're connected to there. But as we said behind the scenes, without naming that company, uh, their PR firm heard like me talking about. I don't know something and they were offended because it didn't follow the the left talking points.
1: It was too conservative. Yes. Yeah,
0: and I and I tried to explain it. Look, this isn't about uh being anti-Democrat and pro-Republican as much as it is calling out anybody who uh violates our fundamental tenets and beliefs in, in freedom and particularly health freedom. But that wasn't good enough. You, you know, you don't hate somebody enough for instance, you know that kind of thing. And so I've hit d- disappointment after disappointment after disappointment with the political left. And you know what? I, I, I'd like to give people leeway to, to do better. I do. But there's a certain point where you go, I got to write some of these folks off. You know, I don't know if they can recover, even though I think the potential is there as long as they're breathing that, that it is possible to change, but I don't know what it will take for them. And it's not my responsibility to change them either. I'm not saying that, but I would love to engage intellectually if it's possible with some of these folks and go, Hey, you know, what is it you're really saying or really opposed to? maybe there's a nuanced argument that they're not making very well and I could help them do that because in those, in those places and spaces, we, we find agreement if it's in freedom, but then you got the, the most liberal, one of the proclaimed most liberal cities in America, San Francisco, anybody claim that that's a, a hotbed of uh Christian right wing Republicans?
1: <laughs> you know, schools? it's it, it, interestingly, uh, no, definitely not. Definitely okay. not. I'm from that area. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, However, they, the, do have, they do appear to be kind of leaning a little bit more
0: that, that direction. A little? A little. A little? A city council has approved uh, in San Francisco the use of deadly force, not by police officers, but by police robots. Oh. Yeah. I'm not kidding. San Francisco Board of uh, Supervisors, I would say San Francisco, Board of Supervisors approved a request by the police to allow Deadly force options on robots already in law enforcement. Is that a
1: button? The button that says "deadly force option" and you push yeah.
0: it. Right. I mean, I guess it's like <laughs> it spider suit. You want to go into terminal mode? Wow. Department uses 17 robots. Only 12 are functional. Five are out of commission, and they can now uh, potentially be used to kill suspects during critical incidents.
1: While an explosive charge may be considered an in- intermediate force option, it could potentially cause injury or be lethal, according to the police. Robots equipped in this manner would only be used in extreme circumstances to save or prevent further loss of innocent lives. So they actually have robots with explosives on them that they could then use. They'll load to them with
0: bombs and explode them.
1: Interesting. To kill wow. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that we'd gotten gotten to this? I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense that, you know, we've had robots for a long time.
0: But Um, wouldn't you think that this would be more likely in a so-called conservative right-wing Republican city, at least by the themes that we have been propagandized to believe, right? When you were to predict, hey, which city would be the first in the nation to approve deadly force by robots against criminals? Your first thought was definitely not San Francisco, was it?
1: No, no, absolutely not.
0: Uh, it it just, it's incredible. Now, um, they did apparently do this once before in, in Dallas, which is like, people would think, okay, all right. So the first use of a robot by police to kill a suspect was in 2016 in Dallas. After a shooting attack that killed five of their officers, police killed the suspect by detonating a bomb that was attached to a robot. So they killed the robot and the people, but seven other officers were wounded and two civilians were injured in that attack related to. Black Lives Matter protests apparently. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I where does this end? Oh, well, we, we we look, we're we're responsible with this technology. We would never use it improperly, right? How often would we say government is really good at utilizing whatever it is? Like, we won't really spy on you. Just give us the right to search and seize after 9/11. Patriot Act. Has there been any of abuses of the Patriot Act to violate uh, the rights of average Americans who are not on a terror watch list, who don't have anything to do, you know, no way, shape or form. Of course you give government an opportunity to violate your right to life, liberty, and property. They will dispose of your life, liberty, and property. And again, this is San Francisco. How is it possible that not only that this happened, But where are the Hollywood leftists that are leaving Twitter? Should they now orchestrate a campaign protesting San Francisco and its police department and government to stop the madness of robots having the quote-unquote authority based on police uh, perceptions or perspectives to go in and use a robot to shoot or kill people with with a bomb even?
1: Well, you know, there could be a, like maybe a Trump rally or something like that in San Francisco.
0: Oh, maybe they're holding that in their back pocket. If Trump rally ever happens in San Francisco, we'll send in the robots. I don't know what they're thinking, honestly. I mean, yeah, could we could we blow it up at a uh, uh, anti-abortion rally? That's what are they thinking? That I mean, you know, when they talk about lives that matter, do they really care about human life? No. We talked about that in terms of Black Lives Matter. If, it, if black lives really mattered to, to those who are in Black Lives Matter, you think the number one protest they would be, be protesting was outside of abortion clinics where more black babies are killed before they even have a chance at life than all other, I think, sources of, of death to black folks combined. Is it is it unreasonable of me to point that out? I'm not the only one that's pointed that out. So the question is, you know, are we being propagandized to believe the left is is really about freedom of speech? Because they're clearly not. Are they really about or against police brutality? Yet the, the most liberal uh, city in, in in the nation is now endorsed and, and got approval for using deadly force by robots in the police department. Just, you know, it's one of those moments, shake your head and go, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> what is reality? What is reality? Who knew? Yeah.
1: It's like a RoboCop kind of a thing.
0: Totally RoboCop. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Hey, shout out to mom. Hi, mom. She's in the audience there at robertscatbell.com slash listen. Thank you for being there, mom. Always. Leslie is there. We're going to connect with Leslie after the show today uh, to do some podcast stuff with her uh, on the Robert Scott Bell Show Radio Network or whatever we're calling it. This podcast network we have. Robert Scott Scott Bell
1: Show Radio Network. That's very long. RSB Radio Network. Very self-serving. Very self serving Let's use your initials. It sounds like a radio station.
0: Okay. Whatever you say. K-R-S-P radio. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. All right. It is middle of the week. We've got Dr. James Lyons Weiler scheduled for hour two. Uh, We do. All right.
1: We got a question here from Coco Fifi twenty. I like (laughs) that. Coco Fifi twenty over on uh, Twitch looks like your coffee. Little Coco Fifi. Have you heard of Anna Maria something?
0: Meh. I'm. I'm embarrassed, Mil- maybe, to say I, who is Anna Maria Mahal. Mahal-, Mahal- how, do, how would you pronounce it? Mahalcia? Mahalcia? Give us a little more information. Less super done. You know. Well,
1: I looked it up. I looked okay. it up. And um, well, let's see here. Hmm. Which browser did I open? I just that came in on? from a, a uh, live just, chat. Dr. Mahalcia mm-hmm. has a book called Bringing Light Back into Your World. Okay. And it's uh, let's topic see here. and title is good. It is the science of light, spirit, and longevity.
0: Well, that's, I, that's that got some it. potential, huh? I got an affinity for that subject. I have so no thank, you the, uh, thank you
1: for the thank you for the the reference mm-hmm. there. I will send this over to Kevin, and uh, we'll see about maybe getting around.
0: Okay. Also, many of the uh, the Black Friday slash to Cyber Monday deals are expiring today. For those of you listening live on Wednesday, the November no, 30th of November, 2022, uh, I know Nutritional Frontiers, their 15% offline drive on everything is expiring today. So if you haven't taken advantage of all their amazing products, including their CBD products that we use, transdermal is amazing, then uh, utilize it. Call them up or go to their website. Use the code RSB15, or in this case, it says RSB, just to get an additional 15% off. But either way, Take advantage of that today. Uh, our friends at Synergy Science. Their uh Cyber Monday deals are expiring today on Cyber Wednesday. A lot of companies are doing this, just trying to give you an opportunity. You've been thinking, hmm, should I spend? Should I spend? Yes, I need to get well, jump on Synergy Science. We have all of these links. Big deals, available. really yeah. big deals over really great there. Too.
1: Deal. Thousands of dollars off on some of those bundles.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing a 25% off of the Echo H2 machine, 25% off of Echo Go. The Echo Ultimate Bundle saves you two grand. Good Lord. Synergy Science Infrared Sauna, 35% off their amino acid uh, ketox uh, formula. That's an uh, oral uh, chelation, 50% off. Sitewide discounts on. Uh, dude, if you've been sitting on, wait, waiting on that, go. Synergy Science, we have the links so you get that deal, that discount. That's expiring today and a number of others as well. All right. Let's see here. I feel like, a. I feel like it's a Friday today. Weird. I know it's not. Does it really? To me, it does. It, for some strange reason. It's just kind I'll of take like, it. Uh, we got stuff to do tomorrow though. We're not done. All right. Fine. And I, and we haven't had Jonathan Eward on cause last week was Thanksgiving. True. So I'm looking forward to updates from, uh, the, uh, sacred fire of Liberty hour of the Robert Scott Bell show. Indeed. All right. So let's, uh, one more shout out in November to our friends at orange guard. Tor McPartland has done an amazing job of, of bringing to all of us a safe way to manage pests in our lives. No, I'm not talking about our kids or pets. I'm talking about <laughs> or your spouse. Or your spouse. This is not because this will not hurt them. This is not, what you, not that I'm advocating hurting anybody. That's not the point. But if you got ants and roaches and things and it's winter, I know, but they're coming inside. The safest way to not poison your kids or your pets or yourself is orange Guard. Orangeguard.com, you can go to your local Ace Hardware, Whole Foods, or Orangeguard.com. I think it might even be on Amazon, but by all means, uh, pick some up to carry you through the winter until springtime hits, and you'll go back outdoors with it if you need it. Uh, so, thank you to Orange Guard as well. For their support and Trinity School of Natural Health, we have, I think, deals coming. Oh, look at the Orangeguard. Yeah, all the people that sent in the pick- I'm, I'm
1: sorry, because, you know, I, I think uh, Orange Guard, they're, you know, like um, a lot of people, is, you know, they kind of like to take a break from the winter. Yeah, uh, and come back in the scary wrong wrong button. Hold <laughs> on, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm messing with you. All right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So Orange Guard's going to be taking a break with with uh, with us um, for a couple of months. And yeah, for the winter time. So I back. want you all
0: to get it. Take advantage. Yeah. Of, go get so it.
1: So I bro. just wanted to show those pictures one more time. Yeah, we'll do. We'll we'll pick things up again uh, when the springtime comes around.
0: Yay. And Trinity yeah. School of Natural Trinity Health, School health. Yes. School.org and trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. The virtual expo is coming up in February and I'll be a part of that. I want you to be a part of that through the Whova app and you'll be able to watch all the stuff you missed in October at the event <clears throat> and more stuff. We'll have uh, some live uh, panel discussions. I think a new one on cannabis um, as medicine. And usually we have a health freedom panel, whatever. We'll have to get Julie Whitman Klein on to talk more about that or someone to get, get you some more details on that. Love to see you there. Upcoming events include, of course, January, right out of the gate almost. We're going to be back with uh, Stu and Terry Warner, the Warners, and their Health and Freedom Summit and, uh, you know, Wellness Parenting Revolution. Nurse Freedom Network. There's a lot going on, like January 5th through the 8th in Orlando, Florida. And I'd love to see you there in the new year. February, we have the big event next, steps.info with Tia Severino. And I don't have time to go into it all today, but, yeah, there's the image. You can see all the people that are coming. You can use your code RSB10 to get 10% off tickets. Go to next-steps.info, and we'll see you in Lake Lanier outside of Atlanta, uh, February eight. No, twenty. Um, 22nd through the 25th. Celebrate my birthday with me, because I'll be having my birthday right in the middle of that. And so we'll have a good time. Have fun with mom and everybody. Finally so going to hit
1: about. 65, huh?
0: Shut up. Now I will direct my ire at you. <laughs> 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 That was funny. I was te- definitely not at all looking at you when I said whatever I said. So mm, I was now waiting. this story, let's go to, C- again, CNN health. People are going to send you hate mail. Why do you keep going to CNN's no, website? Well, CNN? Oh, dude, my brain this, melted
1: when I looked at it.
0: This is a good article. This is an example of super on saying critical thinking skills. Just because CNN has been largely, you know, a, a liberal uh, tool for the world, new world order doesn't mean there's no good articles on there. And this one is one of those good articles. And the headline reads, a common treatment for your knee osteoarthritis may be making it worse. What do you say? May? Well, it is. And I've got history here with this one. I do. In fact, uh, when I was, uh, gosh, I don't know, 10, 11 years of age, I played soccer in, in Georgia, outside of Atlanta. The Decab Youth Soccer Association. DISA, it was called. I remember that, and I I remember the year too. I had a a, a blue shirt which which had a dark blue stripe. It was really along the lines of uh, before soccer was big in, in in as audiences go. Kids still participate in soccer more than almost any other sport, and I love playing soccer. Yeah, we called I it soccer. playing soccer in school when I was a kid. Did you play as well? Yeah, and and in fact, I not you know officially,
1: why I, but I mean, just you know, just for fun yeah. in like PE and stuff.
0: You know why I remember that one particular uh, outfit I'm, I'm talking about where I had the blue light blue shirt with the bl- the dark blue or black stripe across it. It was because after a soccer game on a, I believe it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday morning game. This was in 1977, so I was 11 years of age. I've told parts of this story before. Right after the game, we packed into the car. Let's see, in 1977, what car would it have been? might have been a 1977 Caprice Classic. My mom was a real estate agent then. You remember that one, mom? I don't think... We might not have taken that car. But we we drove from Atlanta to Birmingham, Alabama. Why? Do you know why, Super Don? Why? Because Neil Diamond was on tour. and He wasn't coming to Atlanta at that point. But Birmingham was the closest (laughs) place. So three and a half hours later, back when it was 55 miles an hour speed limit. How how horrible was that? Remember those Uh days? And so we take off... To go to, I think it was the Birmingham Civic Center that he was playing at, an indoor arena. And we were there early in the day and we were looking to get, I think we had gotten tickets, but they were like up in the upper deck, right? So the story for the. Oh, of you already, I know this story. Remember no, the story? Yes, I do. We're, we're walking around the Civic Center, middle of the day, sunny day. And we walk around to the backside of the Civic Center and walk down like a loading dock to the backstage area. And, you know, there's like a little area where you go in, you get, you check in, there's somebody behind a window going, you know, who are you? Why are you here? And we just walk up and, you know, they're asking us, it's a family of four, my, my, my dad, my mom, me and my soccer uniform and my little sister and walk to the backstage area. And they're looking at you. What are you doing here? Oh, we just wanted to see if we could see Neil Diamond, like innocently, like, is he back here? And they're like, no, you can't be back here. And lo and behold, you know, I don't know if it was a minute or two later, who comes walking up from backstage? Neil Diamond. Okay, this has happened. Uh, For long-time listeners, you got to bear with me on this story again. I've told this before, but I didn't have the whole backstory to the soccer game and and how it links to this story because I'm getting there. (laughs) It ties in. And, and, And he looks at us. He goes, oh, you know, where are you from? We drove in from Atlanta, Stone Mountain specifically, and we got our tickets. We're so excited to see you, and we're up in the nosebleed section. And he turns around to his stage manager or somebody there and says, hey, will you get my friend some better tickets, better seats? We're like, this is the craziest thing ever happening right before our, our eyes, you know? And, uh, you know, we were talking, why didn't you come to Atlanta, play the Omni at the time? You know, you could do a, I said, you could do a, a, a recording. Love at the Omni, like love at the Greek. Silly stuff kids say. Anyway, so he gets us tickets. We're on the floor like sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth row. I don't know where we were on the floor. And uh, that's the, the uh, concert where uh, during Song Sung Blue, I'm up on the seats singing it, and he calls me out by name in the middle of the song. And then asked at a certain point of the concert, "Anybody here from Atlanta?" And and you know they're smattering of cheers from around the you know the the arena because we were in Birmingham, and he knew we were from there. And how about Stone Mountain? He says that's where we were from. And and you're he a little few cheers as well. Now, how do I know this? How do I remember it so well? Because years later, my dad was uh, became a part of a Neil Diamond fan club, as you can imagine. And that was a guy who was in Clarkston, Georgia, next to Stone Mountain. And they'd have meetings occasionally, do things and whatever. And we found the guy that was from that chapter of the Neil Diamond Fan Club, happened to be at that concert years earlier. This is years later now. And bootlegged the entire concert on cassette tape, recorded it from the upper deck. And so I actually have the recording of him saying, so these things are not a fantasy of my mind that I made up. This is actually happening. So now I come back around to the soccer. Why? And, And it's dealing with osteoarthritis. And a treatment for osteoarthritis that makes it worse. I know you were wondering, Super Don, how I was going to bring that back around. Because I love playing soccer. I love doing land. I was very fast. I could run. I could do all these things. And then there was a point, and it's still in that younger year, still in elementary school, upper elementary school, where I fell off the monkey bars. You know, where you you do the monkey bars. You you go from bar to bar. I fell off onto hard, almost concrete-like hard uh, ground. And my knee was injured severely and it swell up. I didn't break it or anything, but it was like they said water on the knee. And I I had, from that moment forward, arthritis, osteoarthritis-like manifestations. They called it tendinitis in the knee. And they, in fact, gave me this treatment. This treatment, corticosteroids, steroid injections. So this is me as a kid we're not talking about old people. Like a lot of people are old in this study, where they they go, "Hey, old people are are getting corticosteroid uh, treatment for their osteoarthritis," and it lo- looks like that. Uh, oh, it's causing the uh, cartilage to break down, and it's weakening the bones. This this is not new news, but they're reporting it like it's new. It's one of the most chronic degenerative progressive conditions that they identify. Osteoarthritis. They say nearly well eight hundred thousand patients a year in the U.S. alone. That's a lot. Yeah, nearly a million a year. Now I was there as a kid. Okay, played soccer. Suddenly, now I couldn't play soccer. The doctor said, "Here, we got to drain. We'll, we'll drain your knee, water on the knee, and then here's some uh, steroids, if you will. We'll inject them." Now, I, that's when I took up swimming because I was an, Even though I was chronically ill, I still wanted to do things. I enjoyed doing things. I was athletically inclined, and so I took up swimming so that even though I had joint pains. I could still do a non-gravity, you know, kind of intensive low low impact. impact. Yeah, low impact. And so that's when I started doing my swimming as a kid. And I love swimming, but then, you know, later, again, I won't go into all those other stories to get that, but stay focused here. These steroidal treatments are degrading and damaging to the integrity of the connective tissue. But they have immediate and almost instantaneous results. So people love it. Like, Doc, I, I mean, I can deal with the injection. It's going to hurt, but boom, oh, my gosh, I don't have the pain. Look, I can move my joint. I can move my knee again. And you're like, oh, this is great. But have you achieved anything other than medical buba canis, stupid canus, in, in terms of what you've actually achieved? You've relieved the pain. You've relieved the suffering. But you've done nothing to eliminate the damage that has occurred. And, in fact, you're worsening the damage by weakening further the connective tissue integrity. Now, what was it somebody claimed, you you had told me yesterday, oh, no, it was earlier today we were talking about this. You found it rather, I don't know, humorous or unusual or something alarming. When told of this risk, it was like, well, at least I don't feel any pain. Well,
1: so they did these studies. And by the way, the, in this uh, the study they did, or in this article anyway, they, mm-hmm. they pointed out that they do the corticosteroids, but the other one that they do is the hyaluronic acid. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the hyaluronic acid does not have, do the same thing that the corticosteroids does. So yeah. it's it's kind of like a, a preferred, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the corticosteroids have a more profound effect on pain. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be that that is kind of almost like the the focus of yeah. some of these 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 doctors and, and things. Because it says here, this is the part that got me here. It's this uh, this these two paragraphs here. Both papers showed a st- statistically significant increase in progression of degenerative changes in mm-hmm. knee cartilage over two years in people that had corticosteroid yeah. injections compared to those who had hyaluronic acid or no injections. Mm-hmm. So you read that and you're just like, wow, that's mm-hmm. really significant. I mean, these people are getting these shots for yeah. pain and it's, it's just, it's just it's destroying right. their knees. It's destroying the knee cartilage. So, one of the lead authors of the study here, his reaction to that, however, just because the images might look worse, yeah. he's talking about like the x-rays or the MRIs, mm-hmm. just because the images look worse doesn't mean that the people aren't, are. Th- excuse me, I just completely screwed that. <laughs> because <laughs> the images might look worse doesn't mean that mm-hmm. the people are feeling more pain. Yeah. And I'm looking at that and I'm like... Yeah. What's your, I mean, so really? That's that your focus here? Their, yeah. their, their so knee cartilage is completely
0: decimated. Screwed.
1: I mean, yeah. it's just the, it's the degenerative changes in the knee cartilage is like horrible but, because of the corticosteroids. And you're looking at it and going, well, that doesn't mean that they're
0: having more pain, though. No. And the thing is, I, I'm not arguing against that statement, although I think the absurdity is saying, well, well that's actually awesome that they at least they are out of pain. But well, what happens sure, after they,
1: they get these shots for, however long and Look, their cartilage is completely destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't have pain during the process, until, but until now, was, now what do they got? Do they got knee replacements.
0: Yeah, exactly. Until they've destroyed the joints altogether. Then the pain is back, of course. And now it's worse because you got to replace the joints with something artificial. And of
1: course, I just thought his it. reaction was, was, was just very telling mm-hmm. where, you know, he's just like, yeah, but they, you know, it doesn't mean they're, they're, they're having pain. Well, no. is that your only focus? Is that, Fair is right. that what's most important here? Reduce pain
0: at the cost of the destruction. I didn't. Nobody pain likes pain. Them.
1: If I was in horrible pain and and somebody said the only option you have is be in pain or get the shot, if the pain is bad enough, a lot of people would go, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. go ahead, I guess, you know. But it's like, are you telling me there's no alternative to this
0: situation than the corticosteroids? Well, this is a doctor who's been trained by a Flexner Report medical school. So, yes, of course, there's no other option. Right? You know that. And they just go, yeah, but you won't have any pain. I mean, it's like that
1: doctor almost saying that it was, that's really not that, nothing wrong to
0: lose your joints. This is what we're up against, Super D. The vast majority still of the American population, the Western world believes a statement like that. Well, there's nothing else you can do. So just take it and be happy you're not in pain until we have to replace your joints. We'll wear it out. We'll wear it out. That's just just how it is. And that's how they make the money, too. Now, when I was swimming at Emory, university, uh, university level athletics. I remember my coach who, uh, loved dearly. He was an amazing man, uh, is an amazing man. I think he's with Kenyon uh, college now, uh, athletic director, but Peter T.C. Smith and he was from England from Manchester. And when we met, this is before I knew all the stuff I know today about health and healing. I was still growing up. I was still chronically ill, uh, overcoming a lot and medically treated, all of that. Uh, and yet I fought through it and did, did okay. But he, I remember him showing me how he, let me see if I can show this on the screen. Like, it, all right. So my arm I'm holding out. So he could only straighten his arm to this point. You can see it's not a full straight. Like I can straighten my arm like that. You see the difference? Super D you're not, you're not looking. It's okay. Sorry. For those yes. who are watching, all right. Mm-hmm. So, but he can only straighten his arm out, both of his arms like that. And I, and I said, why? He said, well, he, he had a lot of elbow injuries, like a lot of swimmers did. Mm-hmm. And he was treated with corticosteroids, corticosteroids, however you say it. And so it weakened and damaged to the point where he could no longer straighten his arm out fully mm. as another example. So I learned of these things long before I knew all the stuff I know today about healing versus suppression of symptoms and making the underlying issue worse. All right. you know, many people utilize uh, non-steroidal or steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs to treat. Now, if it doesn't harm your uh, joints directly, we know that some of these non destroy your liver and kidneys which also ultimately makes connective tissue integrity worse because you have an accumulation of metabolic waste and toxins on top of the uh, injectable toxins and other drug toxins that they put in you. So it's a, you know, proverbial dead end street emphasis on dead. Ultimately, if you keep down that road until they, what, replace you with uh, San Francisco robot police, uh, uh, you know, uh, parts, right. To, to get, make you function again, your knees, your elbows, etc. Now, what do we know to do? And this is, you know, here's the thing. When I ask about how did I figure out what I figured out? Well, partly I had to step out of the pharmaceutical box and start looking at life differently. Maybe like a Sherlock Holmes, you got to sleuth this stuff. Be like, all right, what what's the cause of osteoarthritis? A doctor will say, well, it's inflammation. You go, okay, doctor, that's great. What's the cause of inflammation? And they might even describe the uh, physiological pathways that lead to inflammation. Like we could talk about cytokine storms, cytokines, different things like that. But then I'd ask, well, why is the body doing that? And then you'll, you'll, you'll be met with a blank stare. They'll be annoyed and they'll usher you out the door. Leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you, kid. Kind of reminds me of the orthodoxy uh, in the various churches and religions where I would ask them questions about, Life after death, and you know, on and on. And, and they'd we go, Well, sometimes you just got to wait till you die, and then you'll know. I'm like, eh, No, that doesn't work for me. Okay, get out of here, kid. You're bothering me. But that was this is the way my mind would work. And so I would a- ask the question All right, so not why do you have arthritis and you get inflammation as the answer, or cytokine storm pathways as the answer? It's like, Well, why are they triggered into action? Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Could it be that there are, uh, let's say, metabolic waste accumulating in an area of use and overuse and abuse, and you didn't realize that, for one, you might not simply have been drinking enough water to provide for normal metabolic excretory activities, cellular detox. I talked yesterday, we did an affiliate uh, support promotion thing for our friends at Cardio Miracle, and one of the things uh, the formula of the Cardio Miracle is enhancing is autophagy autophagy, some people say, but the process of uh, getting rid of cellular debris, waste, and even part of that process is recycling those things that can be recycled for further use, and it enhances this process. It's like, all right, where or why is that process broken down? Could it be a simple dehydration, chronic low-level dehydration? You're just not drinking enough water. Certainly. What about other minerals that play a critical role in detox processes? I come back always to selenium for one. Why? Because selenium is critical for the active form of the glutathione, the peroxidase form, which is critical for detoxing, cleansing all cells, including, of course, the liver. You say, okay, could there be a deficiency in that realm? Yeah, of course. That's a good question and an answer, at least a little bit of an answer. You go, all right. What other minerals are critical for cellular? Not even just metabolic integrity. If we talk about metabolism, we think about action and, and doing. How about just for the presence of strength? An integrity of the human or animal frame. What minerals are critical? Now, we all grew up, what do you remember? Growing up in a medical family, they always said, calcium, 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 drink a lot of milk, calcium, 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 take extra calcium. Ignoring all the trace elements that make calcium even functional in terms of its utilization. You know, when you think of calcium and bones, that's what we were told. Why? Because the the milk farmers and their lobby, now we're not talking about family farms. We're now talking about factory farms and their promotion of milk that I would not drink because it's more than just calcium. And we learn of silicon, silica, one of the craziest, most overlooked, simplest minerals that has been ripped out of the food supply. Over the last 100 years. Silicon. We go, all right, could it be a deficiency of silicon? Certainly, if it ain't coming in the food you're eating, where are you getting it from? You're going to use it up, and now you have a weakness. You have osteopenia, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. All of these things are related. Bone, osteo. And we ask about other things. What other things do we need? Magnesium. Yeah. Okay, could we be deficient in magnesium? Certainly. A lot of reasons we could be. And then we come to copper. Oh, good Lord, repair, regeneration, connective tissue integrity, copper. And we've been taking so much zinc and vitamin C, not realizing we're dropping copper and we're not getting copper because nobody's eating copper rich foods and even the copper rich foods are not rich in copper. So we have a completely different view of the world, much less your body. When you look at something like osteoarthritis and say, all right, why do we have inflammation? Well, the cells are toxic. The body is rushing in an immune response of some kind, creating inflammation, whether it be due to injury like I had, or chronic low-level degenerative diseases due to a lack of replenishment of the minerals that are not in the food anymore, or in the food that you're eating is not there because it's super ultra-refined. It's devoid of you know the vitamins, minerals, trace minerals, fats, et cetera. Essential fats as, as well reduce inflammation, inflammatory processes, not by suppression, but because the cells are healthier. Their membranes have integrity. All of these things like I'm speaking this stuff and I'm going, dude, you know what? It's amazing. Doctors come out of medical school and they, even though they're capable of knowing this, they're programmed and hazed out of going to that instead of like this doctor in this study going, you know what? Just because we see the degeneration of the joint is much worse after corticosteroid or corticosteroids. I know people say it differently. Injections are due. Well, at least they're out of pain until they're in pain again. Now we have to replace their joints. I, I mean, think about all of this when we understand the programming of the medical mind and the Western mind to not look at common sense. That's uncommon. So uncommon that, you know, I say if if Thomas Paine were alive today, they go, what's a Thomas Paine? Common sense? Huh? What? Because it ain't being used in modern medicine when it comes to osteoarthritis and other degenerative diseases. And for that matter, Alzheimer's. I may ask uh, Dr. Jack, James Linesweiler, next hour about Alzheimer's because there's a new drug out there claiming, oh, it's a breakthrough. Is it really? Jack will be happy to talk about that with me on, on the questions I have. Uh, so what else can we do? Homeopathically, uh, Rust Tox Rust-tox is a, a classic remedy that, that often is indicated for arthritis, osteoarthritis pains. There's many others. Um, Colchicum is a good one colchicum uh we talked about symphytum which is bone set or knit bone uh that's the uh, uh we grow it out back super don remember that symphytum it is comfrey right comfrey being yeah.
1: there's actually there's actually in today's newsletter a
0: uh, article about uh, making and using comfrey oil i saw that that was great yeah. good, good timing on that one so i don't know if you're paying attention to me super don you don't have to but I I think about the the pathways of the mind, the thought forms that we begin to ask questions of physicians like this doctor that's in the studies and MD PhD, he's so smart, and yet he goes, well, at least they're not in pain. Like, okay, but you've destroyed their joints. Now you have to replace them. Well, yeah, but that's profitable. I mean, he doesn't. That, say that, that. is
1: that was probably the biggest takeaway for me on that on that article was right. just the, how that doctor was just like mm-hmm. you know just yeah like you're supposed to just not worry about the. The, progress, yeah. the progression of the disease, right? Mm-hmm. The arthritis in the knee, because it's, there's yeah. no indication that there's pain involved. So you,
0: can, you can do curcumin, you can do, and there are a lot of great natural anti inflammatories, and I'm not opposed to any of them. They're not toxic to the burden of the body, but also remember to replenish the minerals like the silica or uh, the trace elements that you can get, like in uh, the fulvic acid, humic acid formulas that are out there. We have the liquid one available. We also have the missing link from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com. These are baseline things that can help repair, rebuild, restore integrity to connective tissue. The copper we talked about, different things like that. And then, like, somebody's going to say a pox on your house, Superdonna. I'm not saying it, but somebody will, because this next story that we wrap up hour one is also from CNN Health. What are you doing to me, brother? I know. Oh, no. Check this out, though.
1: We'll use that from now on whenever we're going to do an article on CNN.
0: Yes, thank you. That would be more appropriate. I'd feel better about it. So thank you. Uh, But there's an article about mercury toxicity on CNN Health. It's like, what? Did health free? I mean, health freeze over? (laughs) What happened? So there's a headline. Show this on the screen if you don't mind. Uh, A mother loses peripheral vision from apparent exposure to mercury in a beauty cream, topical beauty creams, toxic levels in her home put the family at risk, say experts. This is an article on CNN health. And I'm like, and Super Don asked the same question. We were talking, we came to the same question conclusion. Like, how is it possible that CNN health is covering the toxicity of mercury about anything? That's a, like a no, no. You don't yeah. do that. Well, then great. you look at the
1: image in the, in the behind it and it's yeah. kind of like, wow, it's kind of a Wow, that's an interesting image, I guess. Yeah,
0: it's like this black, dark, deep, dark black hand with a white fingernail yeah. dipping into a, a beauty cream that beauty looks pure white. Yeah, and and the editor's note: this this will give you the clue as to how and why this is happening on CNN Health. This story, editor's note: this story is part of "White Lies," a series by CNN's As Equals, investigating skin whitening practices worldwide to expose the underlying drivers of colorism. Colorism the industry that profits from it and the cost individuals and communities for, so basically this is a a series of articles about people who have darker skin that want to have lighter skin. I mean, this could be an article about Michael Jackson when he was alive, right? Remember he was always looking to light his
1: skin.
0: I'm not saying that this doesn't exist, but it's fascinating to me that the only way CNN would allow a story about mercury toxicity to be published on their website is if there's a, a, a tint of no pun intended. Racism.
1: A tint of racism. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's yeah. good. No, so, but you're. So, I, I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. They would Isn't not it? have covered it to this level uh, with this much um, em- emphasis. Yeah. Uh, had it not been something that was tied to a racism story. Now, it's is awesome. there is there a problem there and, and maybe something there to be looked at? I'm sure there probably is.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I've heard about contaminant. You know, we've talked about cosmetics contaminated with lead. Oh, yeah. Uh, but mercury is something. And of course, mercury has been used in years past as, as a, a whitening agent. They actually showed mercury toxicity for some of the Royals. I don't know if it was England or France, where they, you know, if you ever see ancient ancient pictures or paintings of super white skin, that wasn't really their white skin, they would cover themselves, whether it was lead based or mercury based. So metal toxicity has been something that's been part of history, but the CNN covers it and says, Hey, this, uh, inorganic form of mercury caused her to go blind. Peripheral vision's lost, can't get it back. But no discussion of selenium as a counterpoint to how do we detoxify. It's like, nope, she's done, it's over. They acknowledge even mercury toxicity of the brain and the nervous system. Which, if this were an article or a, or a CNN response, a response to CNN by a reader that says, hey, what about mercury in vaccines? Oh, they'd say, oh, no, 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 but that's a different form of mercury. Oh, but what? But, but it's injected. Yeah, it's not topical. Inject. It's oh, it's fine when you inject. I mean, it's just so absurd. Well, it's, not it's not racist. There's not a racist tint to it, right? The vaccines aren't right. racist.
1: Well, right. at least according to CNN, they would say. So
0: that, check right. it out, y'all. Yeah. There's an article so, two in a row. Super and out.
1: let me do, let me just say it. This this article okay. here inspired mm-hmm. uh, our poll of the day.
0: Oh, did it? Okay, it in did. the newsletter today. And so
1: I put this out here to the subscribers. Yes. How important is it that your personal care products are all natural and heavy metal tested?
0: Hmm. Well, that's interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's a good so question. We'll, we'll see
1: what the results of this are at the end of the show.
0: Yeah. So from very important to not sure. I I, I don't know. But how many people are are you using beauty cream, Super D? I know how beautiful you are. Yeah. No,
1: I I have not. I have not uh, descended not into a metrosexual status uh, yet.
0: I, I did once. I said, honey, my face is dry. You got anything? She brings out this VATA something. I probably I'm like, should. I'm not. I just dipped in. And put I it
1: probably on. should. I got, I got crow's feet. I got, dude, I, I smile and it looks like a topographical map of the moon. You know, this is, this is just
0: whatever. Course, I just, it's just me, you know, super Don comes in. I just, out. I just yeah.
1: embrace it and just, you know, I know it hey, is what it guy. is.
0: I, I'm super excited. Super stoked. Can I say that? Is that a scientific term? I'll have to ask him. Super Dr. Strong. James Lance Weiler is going to join us an hour or two from IPAC and so many exciting things that he's doing. You talk about people that don't just complain or at all complain. You know what? Screw it. The complaining. I'm just going to go out and create a better way to get back to doing science, actual science, real science. And that's Dr. Jack. We love him and appreciate him. We're going to talk to him about a whole lot of things. But first, um stop being a tool. <laughs> Who am I talking to? I don't know. If the tool fits. We're going to find out, but no, to finish that sentence, stop being a tool. It's not too late to stop being a tool of oppression. What do we mean? Great article by a professor, Jim Bendel, that uh, we want to talk about those who were wrong, so wrong about everything COVID and all the responses to COVID. That and a whole lot more coming up on this second hour of the Robert Bell Show, where I simply remind you that the power to heal is yours.
1: Scott Bell, Scott
0: Bell show. All right, rock the health world here, two hours a day, six days a week. You know it. It's the Robert Scott Bell show. Super Don, my humble and lovable producer, and all y'all watching live around the world. We do have a chat room at the Robert Scott Bell show website, robertscottbell dot com slash listen, and we love to interact with you live. I know some of the social medias that we're not banned on currently also have uh, an opportunity to chime in if you'd like live there as well. You can call us, leave a message, 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL. And we uh, we answer questions on the air, sometimes live and sometimes, well, most often responding to your submissions. But uh, please uh, feel free to submit them and uh, we'll look to answer them as we can. Uh, so, yes, leave us a voicemail. You can sign up for the newsletter by texting my initials RSB to 22828. So if you have your phone and you're not driving, open it up, go 22828 in your text field and then go RSB, type in RSB, boom. You're gonna be prompted with an email request and then you'll be plugged into the newsletter, including our poll questions of the day, which are a lot of fun. Uh, sometimes they're irreverent, sometimes they're very serious, but we get you know our finger on the pulse of what's going on out there with you freedom-loving, health-freedom-loving folks uh, that are in these, this audience. Uh, this hour, as I mentioned, uh, Dr. James Weiler will be joining us in a few minutes from ipac-edu.org. And that's a great organization. As I said, not waiting to so hope and pray that one day the NIH and AID and Fauci, they'll repent and they'll reform themselves and we'll have good science again. No, actually creating the space, actually manifesting that where people are actually learning scientific methods, principles, and applying them. And it's very exciting. I'm very excited every time I get to talk to Dr. Jack. So uh, we'll be bringing him in in just a moment. We've got a lot, including the discussion of the topic of suddenly died, sudden death, died suddenly, etc. That is coming up. First up, I've been teasing this story about not being a tool. I don't know what it is funny about, you know, you're such a tool. When I hear that, I'm like, I don't take it very seriously, but you sort of get an idea. And it's apparently not a good thing. Now, if you like to work with tools, you're like, what's wrong with being a tool? Tools are awesome, <laughs> you know. But somehow it's become a derogatory term. And in this article, uh, by James Jim Bendel, a strategist, strategist, strategist and educator on social change focused on deep adaptation to societal breakdown. That's a subheadline. He says it's not too late to stop being a tool of oppression. Yeah, now, a tool of oppression is one that I can agree, not a good thing, not a fan of that, uh, but it's a, it's an interesting article, and I think it's one that's worth time t- to read because it's it's well thought out, and there's elements of uh, compassion and also calling folks to the carpet. You know, you've heard about some of the, the worst offenders of COVID lockdowns and mandates and all of that stuff that they've said, please, 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 can we have some amnesty? Let's just call for amnesty. And you'll often hear this with people that really do wrong and they know it and they're caught. Kind of like, do you remember when you were a kid, does this ever happen to you? You're like, oh man, I'm busted. Mom and dad know it. Now, maybe if I just come clean and I go, I promise it'll never happen again. Can we just forget this ever happened? Give me amnesty. You didn't say that, but you basically, you wanted a, a free pass on what you did. And maybe a, you got it once. And if you, you did it again, it's like, if your parents were smart and they're like, uh-uh, that was it. That was your, that was your one free pass. You blew it. You obviously didn't understand what you were asking for and you ain't getting it again. So we look at all the people who were so wrong, so wrong. And look, you give people some leeway. I, I do. When I, you know, when I opened the microphone, as we were starting to learn in the early phases of, of what became, you know, the COVID crisis, et cetera. And there were things that didn't necessarily make sense based on my experience as a homeopath and, and in my clinical experience, much less the things that I had studied way back in the, ni- in the 90s when I was first learning of homeopathy, early 90s and through the 90s, as I r- looked into the field of virology and tests for viruses and then PCR. You know, I had had, you know, very high-level researchers and doctors on that were calling into question these consensus beliefs of science. And so on. I was exposed to a lot of innovative scientists who didn't just go, yeah, whatever is said, everybody believes it. So that's what, and they never said, no, that's not how science works, they would say. These are some problems I have with this. so I'm going to put it out there. And then people like Professor Peter Duesberg, who I befriended over the years, were you know decimated in terms of their ability to do the scientific work because they had funding for anything, never turned down, suddenly couldn't get a grant because they objected to certain level of consensus. Science by democracy. 51% of scientists voted and this is what they believe. So this is this is what it is. So, granted, in, in the beginning phases of what was going on, there was a lot of things we didn't know. We're like, oh, I'm just mystified by what's happening here. But the moment I heard PCR, I said, oh, okay, this is this is a ruse again. Clearly, they don't have a definitive. There's something else going on here. I don't exactly know what it is, but we continue to follow those tracks, and we even had uh, Dr. Jack on talking about some of the problems, a lot of the problems with that, and some of the things that may have been corrected since then. But this this professor is talking about the people who said, we were right, you were wrong, and now they're clearly wrong about almost everything. But there were people who proclaimed to be right because they were in the consensus, they were in the power play, they had the money, they were uh, you know, aligned with the profits and the power and more. And yeah. There's a point in opportunity when you go, all right, dude, this is just not good to, to continue to hold on or cling to this idea that I was right when it's obvious that I was wrong. And maybe just be a human again and acknowledge, you know what, like, uh, who's that actor? Um, Tim Robbins, a few weeks back, we covered that. I even talked with Mike Adams about that when we were in Austin together on, on that event. And, you know, here was a guy who you, you see, he was sincerely going, you know what, I bought it. I was wrong, I was deceived, and I'm, I'm sorry. You, you can tell there's a sincerity about it because they actually went through, I went into all of it, the mandates, everything. But fear makes you do stupid things. As uh, Richard Pryor said, snakes make you run into trees. <laughs> Snake, boom, walk into the tree. You're afraid, you're not thinking, you're not seeing, you've lost some capacity for critical thinking at that moment because you're in survival mode. So the question is, will those people, They're probably not fans of this show. Will they become human again and acknowledge that they were wrong? And it isn't for us to dance on them because, ah, we were right, you were wrong. It's not about that because we're like, welcome, come on in. Let's now work for something that's better. Let's do right. Let's not make the same mistakes we made in believing authoritarians just because they had PhDs or MDs or the power of the government uh, microphone or the media microphone. So I, I find these these um, articles and opinion pieces coming out bringing that to our attention and and to those who maybe on the inside of that calling it to their friends and colleagues saying, "Hey, maybe we can get you to come on along and become part of the human race again. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. But I'll ask Dr. James Lyons Weiler right now. Dr. Jack back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Jack, how are you, my buddy? It's good to have you back. It's been far too long, although we got to see each other at a Pennsylvania event recently, which was a lot of fun.
2: Well, I'm happy to be here. Is my sound okay? It sounds great, yes. Wow, you this look- is really cool because we were in this really, I don't know, you guys can't see this, but we're in this thing called Restream Studio, and I just see at the top, I can put all of my channels live. So, Robert Scott Bell, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you through the Jack uh, wow. channels as well.
0: This is this so is awesome. intuitive. I, I love it. I love it. You know, look, I always you always make me smile. I enjoy uh, seeing you, hanging out with you. I know that we've got an event. We'll be together again in February and outside of Atlanta, Buford, uh, Georgia, which is basically Lake Lanier Islands, a beautiful place. Our friend Tia Severino is putting on the next steps conference again, and it's really proactive in terms of creating anew, a new, not waiting to be rescued. Right. And that's kind of what I respect so much about you and what you've done with your knowledge as a PhD that I don't make fun of, <laughs> you know, that you actually have not lost critical thinking skills like many who get it and go, what what was I learning again? Oh yeah, just to I, I, I know do what I, I told.
2: some of those skills around here somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where I put well, them. I think you've lost them. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, so no, I mean the, the the people that really cheat in science are compromised. It's very 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 simple, and they're compromised. Sometimes they're we forget. It's not like Anthony Fauci was this schoolboy, you know, that grew up and wanted to save the world. Uh, that's the story that he 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 lies to himself and lies to the world about but Mm -hmm. some people are placed in positions now we understand in public health to execute particular agendas i mean this is the farthest thing from science uh i was a fool to ever believe that the cdc's reputation was well earned Uh, um, they put on a good show though Mm -hmm. but isn't that the 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 harshness of being disillusioned
0: by something you had a great belief and abiding faith in or trust in. And I certainly, because of my own ailments and illnesses growing up in a ph- pharmaceutical medical family, always being science oriented, I got to do some amazing things. I worked on electron microscopes in high school. I, I got some really cool training early on. Yet my reverence for that field was diminished ultimately because of the body that I was in that was very sick and ravaged with illness that was always met with drugs and science and more drugs and, and that made me sicker. And sicker until they could, I I started asking questions that they couldn't answer. And I said, there's a dead end here. I don't know what it is. And now I've got to figure something else out. And it took a number of years and it involved, honestly, prayer, which is not part of PhD research training. I don't believe P didn't stand for prayer, but it opened me up to healing that I wouldn't have been open to because my
2: mind was so programmed to disbelieve anything that was outside of the uh, orthodoxy. Does that make sense? It does, but don't let them fool you, kids, because I I heard a very scientific presentation by Robert Scott Bell on the value <laughs> of copper recently in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I mean, you know, th- why throw the baby out with the bathwater? Either way, that's the whole mm-hmm. thing, right? So uh, the, the power, the control, the top-down. Part of mo- the reason why I, I wasn't as m- mostly disappointed as I was angered, truly, uh, true, truly angered. At what CDC had done to warp and twist science over vaccines and autism, what CDC had done to make people think that vaccines were going to be safe and effective for everyone, uh, and and especially what was happening to pregnant women uh, and children, and so you know it was really truly, and I was offended by, by their claim that they were using science or there were, I could see the writing on the wall. First and foremost, my concern was the children, but Mm. my second concern was um, the reputation of science. And I realized I had absolutely no choice. This wasn't a choice. I, I had no choice except for to continue to be objective and do science because someone had to. And I was very, and I still am very fortunate that the public sees value in science when it's done objectively and funds project after project after project that we put through peer review at, at IPAC. Um, we had the aluminum studies. There's three aluminum studies. I have some really exciting news. I just just uh, found an app um, an app developer who will actually create an app for cell phones that will allow patients who are vaccinating. That's probably not the majority of your audience, but patients who are vaccinating to take the recommendations of the doctor on the next four vaccines that are five vaccines that they want and and then plug in those numbers. And then you, they can turn the phone around and say, according to this peer reviewed science, you're asking me to put my child in aluminum toxicity for the next 180 days. <laughs> Nicely done. Thank That's you. So powerful. we'll see how it comes out. We've got some yeah. partners working on this with us. And then the next, com- the next thing is the doctor is going to say what, let me see that app, or what science is that? I haven't heard about that. Mm-hmm. Or get out of my office, or whatever they're going to say. But still, the the parents can then also say, what if we spaced it out by three months, or you know, what if we just space these out? And this is based on the science that we published when we compared Dr. Paul Thomas's practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, his schedule to the CDC schedule. Under the CDC schedule, the kids are in aluminum toxicity 100% of their days in the first year of life. Under Dr. Paul Thomas's schedule, it's like less than 5% of the days. Okay. So using non-aluminum contained vaccines, spacing them out, skipping the ones that are not necessary, according to your doctor, talk to your doctor, blah, 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 everything else first. But the, the reality is this is going to be a conversation piece. It's yeah. for educational purposes only. It's going to have all the caveats. It's not AI approved. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, it's backed by peer-reviewed science that was funded by the public. Mm-hmm. And so we have the tools. We're just not using them. This, I have this, okay, there's two shifts in a mindset. First shift is we have to build the alternative. Not really. We're not building the alternative. We're expanding the reality that we live in. It's not just the alternative because the way that realities kind of emerge and morph Away from each other as they evolve, I'm hoping that what I'm doing will become the norm. Yes. I'm hoping that what I'm doing will will return to objective science, mm-hmm. and that I'm like just another guy doing objective science like everybody else is. Well, I think of the term Renaissance. A
0: lot has come up in my mind: the Renaissance of something, right? A Renaissance, a renewal yeah, of science. And I, you know, I've been meeting with uh, PhDs, MDs, DOs, NDs, DCs, nurses, herbalists. Homeopaths like myself, and we have been meeting regularly through this COVID crisis to discuss things that were undiscussable in mixed company, and finding that those people are now suddenly opened up to the fact that what they believed was happening had been abandoned. Right? If we talk about you know scientific principle and and you know
2: uh,
0: going back, as you said, it wasn't like we didn't know how to do this. <laughs>
2: Right. yeah no, we just, exactly that's so i was my my, my reaction was anger mm-hmm. and then my reaction was okay but what do we do about it i met Dell big tree at life university i was invited there by the beautiful smart talented wonderful michelle ford um and we were in the same room and i gave my talk on i don't know how the cdc decided vaccines don't cause autism because i read all the studies on vaccines and autism i looked vaccine by vaccine i looked um uh and I could not find studies that exonerated most of the vaccines from from mm. from potentially contributing to autism. But I also found a lot of studies that did have a positive association. So in my talk, I, I mentioned that there's only one logical conclusion, if you're going to use reason and logic, that CDC has a magician, on their staff that used magic to know (laughs) that vaccines don't cause autism, right? right? So in in reality, you have to parse their language very carefully. And they say, Mm. oh, wait a minute. We're not saying causality. We're saying we don't know. But that's not exactly what they're saying. What they're actually saying is, oh, no, we had these meetings with the National Academy of Sciences, uh, the Institute of Science, Mm. the National Academy of Medicine. And they found insufficient evidence four times until at the very last minute, they found somehow some evidence. Well, that evidence was the Frank Stefano et al. study where William Thompson came out, the whistleblower, uh, and he said, uh, you know, um, yeah, we faked the data, he told Brian Hooker. So all of that was is so fundamentally important. I have an important message, actually. You're going to blow your mind here. Um, I sent Dr. Hooker an email. Okay, uh, and and then this email I said, hey, we do this uh, we do this Monday evening science webinar at IPEC EDU. and I, I, I want, Robert has just agreed. Robert Scott Bell has agreed that he's going to come and talk about uh, copper with with me. Well, I wrote to Brian Hooker, not Brian Hooker. I'm sorry. I wrote I wrote to Bill Thompson, William Thompson, the whistleblower. Still, works at the CDC. And I said, Hey, um, I'm really curious about your current take on things, what you've been doing with your research career. We have a private science webinar. It means mm-hmm. week. Would you like to come and talk about that? And t- let's talk about what's happened with science ever since I mean, we last heard from you. He wrote back to me, Dr. William Thompson, this happened this week, said, James, I appreciate your invite. And I unfortunately I can't, uh, sorry. And I, unfortunately, I can't, it's a mistake, take you up on the offer at this point in time. Okay, some typos there or something. But anyway, he goes, keep up the good work. I know it's not easy to do, and the work that you do is important, and we all Appreciate your efforts. We all, who's we all? Yeah. Who is we all there? I said to Grace, I have a following at CDC, CDC, right? What the hell? I want to shut that place down. mm -hmm. I don't want a following at CDC, Bill, you know, like come out of CDC and say, this is really, truly, honestly what we did. I don't care if I don't have a pension, get out here and tell us all about it because Mm -hmm. kids are being jabbed with aluminum and thimerosal containing flu vaccines. And God knows what else there are in these vaccines because vaccine safety science has been a fraud for 30 years. Yeah. So it tells me
0: that he's acknowledging they're in prison at the CDC. (laughs) That's what I said. he, he He has the freedom to walk away, but of course, they're not willing to walk away due to Well, maybe the loss of pension, et cetera. I don't know if that they could actually lose it by walking away. He's been in so long, but still there's a cowardice involved. And I don't mean to uh, slight the man's character. He's done some good by communicating to Brian Hooker. I don't disavow or not acknowledge that. But at the same time, being part of that machine is I haven't seen any evidence that can be corrected from within. It's so corrupt all the way up to Walensky and on down and whoever they replace Walensky with eventually as well as they're being investigated with the the PR firm that they've hired that, you know, uh, has promoted an agenda of uh, uh, MRNA jab. It's, it's,
2: it's, it's sharks and dolphins, man. So the, oh. the the academic system is really, really bad in the NIH and the CDC. It, it selects for sharks that are doing bad and they know it. And It selects mm-hmm. for yes men who don't dare not say against, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have some really smart followers. Someone said, "I Steve McCaffrey says, if you are going to vaccinate, I recommend spacing them out at least. A thousand years apart. All right, cool. <laughs> Another person, I don't know if I can scroll up on this or not, but mm-hmm. uh, they said, Oh, Tanya Bailey, why allow aluminum at all? She's frustrated. I feel you. Mm-hmm. Uh, or any other toxins. The damage only happens once the cost to, ch- the, to the child and the family are incalculable. Mm-hmm. Here's the point this app for people who are going to, they've made the decision to go ahead and vaccinate. We're trying to reduce the amount of aluminum. And through these conversations, the pediatricians will start learning about aluminum toxicity, which they're never taught. They're not allowed to hear it from uh, AAP or AMA. They're not allowed to learn it in school. And so some of them are going to say, why the heck didn't I know this already? Why are my patients coming at me with this app? And you know what? I hope Mm -hmm. that it leads to a pushback by pediatricians finally on what toxins they're actually putting into the kids. And if it leads to no aluminum, I've done my job.
0: Well, and, and we've seen an awakening among the the medical and PhD community like never before in all the you know, decades you now I've been doing this, uh, and, and I'm encouraged by it. Yet at the same time, you know, you talk about uh, creating an app <clears throat> for people who are still going in to potentially get the shots, and my audience is probably not going in anymore like that, as you acknowledge. At the same time, we can't forget there are loads of people that have never heard of the Robert Scott Bell Show, may only That's be right, encountering right. Dr. James Linesweiler and IPAC. And, and and what are we to do? Ignore them? You, we've got to serve them and help them because it's going to get them closer and closer. You no, know, these docs are coming our way. We're not compromising our principles, the things we've identified to be actually factual, scientifically validated. And, and you know, as I speak, you know, about prayer or as a homeopath, I am not anti-science. I love science. I have invested my life just so enamored with it, yet so disappointed. And you said angry. There are times that I've been angry as well. But I've gone outside of the official training way to go, I'm just going to dig deep myself and learn about these things and then connect with people like yourself and learn even more and teach what I know and on and on it goes. And we continue to get better because of it and the cross-pollination of views and perspectives, what we're seeing clinically, much less overcoming the limitations of our trainings. Yep, Wherever yep. they may be, you know, allopathic or otherwise. And that's where I see the spirit of cooperation coming together and what you're doing with IPAC. By the way, if you haven't checked it out, IPAC, IPAK-edu.org. Super done, make sure that's not it. I don't think that's the one where I, I just that's the me.
2: research foundation. That's, that's okay. Research. That's ipa knowledge.org. That's cool. So while okay. while we're scrolling through that, listen, what you do and what you've done is exactly beautifully well, well done, Robert, because uh, let's not pretend. That science is a way of knowing, Mm -hmm. but science is not the only way of knowing. There's a whole bunch. There it is. IPEC EDU. Come and take our courses there. There's a whole bunch of ways of knowing things that don't require Mm -hmm. a randomized prospective clinical trial. And I'll tell you what, the guys that are in control, the big pharma guys that have said, you have to have a randomized clinical trial to know anything I want them to go over and study evolutionary biology because we can't do randomized clinical trials in evolutionary (laughs) biology. I want them to go over and try to do a study in ecology. You can't do experiments in ecology and understand how species interact with each other. Uh, So here's the deal. I'll I'll get a medical degree if any MD currently practicing goes and gets a PhD in evolutionary biology, one for one. (laughs) I'll be happy to do that. Okay. There you go. I'll go ahead sit ahead, through go with my gritted teeth, listening to how we can only know this by authority. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact is EO Wilson, who's a brilliant evolutionary biologist. He's a now, now passed. He has two messages. Don't kill ants. They're intelligent. It's distributed intelligence, but it's not like ours, but please don't kill ants. Uh, number two. We know things best by consilience of the evidence, right? I mean, in law, you can't do randomized clinical trial. You have to make a determination. Guilty beyond the shadow of a doubt, not guilty, OK? You have to use as much evidence as you have to come to some determination. So let's not pretend that we can't know that ivermectin is actually very effective, or hydroxychloroquine is super effective as used to, at non-fatal doses. Let's not pretend anymore. That the only way of knowing things in science is randomized clinical trials because 99.9% of scientific papers that are published are not randomized clinical trials. That's why at IPEC EDU we have courses like How to Read and Interpret a Scientific Study. That's why at IPEC EDU we have courses like uh, Basic uh, Fundamentals of Epidemiology coming up in January. Jack, We're I gotta ask the you, public how to know this stuff. Who, who, is, who is taking, I, I'm fascinated by, you know,
0: Who's going to IPAC-EDU to learn these things? Like you mentioned, how to read and interpret and understand studies. Is it the PhDs going back to school? Is it MDs coming? Is it the lay audience that is like, well, I'm so interested in this and my doctor's not reading the stuff. Maybe I can figure out who's coming to this now.
2: The beauty, of, the beauty of it is that it's people from all walks of life. So in my biology class during, during coronavirus, I had two PhDs in engineering end up in the same class by accident. In that class, we also had moms who graduated high school, never went to college. We had people who started college, didn't finish. We had an MD PhD who retired about ten years ago and wanted to, you know, see if she still got chops. So we have this really diverse population, just a transect of humanity. And the courses are live, so people get to talk with each other. The courses are live, so they get to talk and and challenge the instructors, right? And that's the best part. The best part of the questions. And if you miss the class, of course, we have the video so you can go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. But we are not going to stop. My goal is to educate the public to the point where the technocracy, the oligarchy just can't run circles around us anymore. Um, I have big, big, big plans. And some of the instructors that are coming will blow your minds. I'm so excited. uh, It's the best decision I've ever made. And I feel like I'm making a big difference.
0: Well, and I'd like to say, let this be an example for everybody. Uh, what Doctor Jack is doing is not waiting around for science to be rescued or whatever it is your passion is. When you've seen corruption envelop and destroy what you thought was just a wonderful, you know, ideal, yeah. you go in or go out or wherever you go and say, you know what? I I know this stuff. I can I can now co I call it co-create, if you will, with life itself. Yeah. We're That's here good. for a reason, and really, some people are talking about parallel societies. I don't know how to define it or describe it exactly. Everybody's got a different viewpoint. But I see more and more people, Jack, that are just going, I'm not waiting anymore. I thought I could wait. I thought I could change the system. I thought I could vote it. Or, you know, we can't do that. Now I've got more people like yourself that are going, I'm not waiting. Let's go do this. And then others are going, yeah, let's go do this. Now, some might be going independent of it. Some might be joining forces. As you said, you're bringing amazing people in that are excited about this. And this is how it happens. The passion, the excitement, and the energy flows with that because we've gotten so disillusioned, as I say, rightfully so, do we go, oh, it's all over, we're done because they're not doing it? Or do we go, oh, I'm capable of doing this better than they did it. And I'm not going to do it that way. So this is part of the excitement that I have genuinely when I talk with you and others that are now coming to the same conclusion. We're not
2: waiting to be rescued. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Well, I mean, the fact that the FDA never published a pediatric dose limit uh, for aluminum, they never did it. And the adult dose limit that they did publish was actually based on oral forms of aluminum fed to mice that were adult mice, not not children mice. Is that a thing? Anyway, (laughs) Infant mice. Uh, So, you know, we know that they know. What's going on now? In large part because our papers are published. They one of them tried to have someone tried to have one of our aluminum papers retracted. Didn't work. Didn't that could? not It's 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 watertight. The logic is sound. The whole body toxicity yeah. tells us what's going on. You hear guys like Paul often say sixty percent of the majority of it's gone by in two one or two days. He's talking sixty percent. Sixty percent of a toxin being gone, and then you have this really long tail and then you're going to come in with another dose and another dose and another dose. Hey, you know what? Some kids just don't detoxify as well as others, but we're yeah. not allowed to consider genetic risk of adverse events for vaccines because, oh, well, we, we are cookie cutters. We're mm-hmm. not going to do the kind of individualized medicine with vaccines. Yeah. And uh, you know, if you're totally against vaccines, I'm 100% behind you and your choice on that. That is absolutely what you should do. That's right. But as we sit by and we allow other families to walk right into the pediatrician's office, without, I mean, any cannot affect yeah. their choice. We yeah. cannot give them the informed consent that they're due because we can't reach them. I'm just trying to do everything that I can do. And I know we mm-hmm. have a ton of people that, that are supporting this. We have uh, over 40,000 reads a day on my sub stack of popular rationalism. Something Fantastic. crazy is happening there. It's well, I know crazy.
0: I read it and this morning I read it and I was like, ah! get on the show please and you said okay that was awesome of you by the way um yeah, and, and the article it's in question that i first read been a few today on the sudden death pathophysiology of the vaccine mrna molecule and i thought this is as timely as anything we've been dealing with for a while now and i you know i'm trying to break through the you know the the theories the the hypotheses the the myths and you know and and actually what can we what can we validate what has been validated and i think one of the things i've concluded is absolutely endothelial damage, you know, vascular, but anywhere in the body, there's endothelial tissue. There's been a, uh, an affinity for whatever this is. And, and we talked about spike proteins and I, you know, I went back in what was it the early two thousands where they uh, had patented certain things associated with maybe the spike protein, maybe it's different, maybe the same, but they actually measured it. And I talked about the size of these things. I'm going, all right, how do you filter that out with an N95? It's just too small. And it just kind of going Basic, base levels discussion. So we can say, can we be rational about this? Can we use critical thinking skills about what we're dealing with? Then we go into the mRNA technology. What is it doing? Of course, we were questioning what's in it. I don't know if we fully know all of the ingredients. Have they actually been revealed to us? But these lipid nanoparticles containing mRNA synthetic to what? Reprogram or alter DNA protein synthesis to what? To produce these very spike proteins that. Could be problematic, causing damage to tissue to individual cells, resulting in inflammatory cascades, cytokine storms. On and on it goes. I'm going, follow this to this. And then going, all right, this makes sense. This I can track. This I can follow. There might be other things we don't know yet. But that seems to be in the article that you put out today very definitively, uh, let's say, can we say
2: validate this we know is happening? Well, listen, I think uh, just 20 years from now people are going to look back at the idea of taking a biological active mRNA coding for a spike protein from a virus and putting it into the human body in a liquid nanoparticle knowing it's going to go throughout the body knowing that it's going to wreak havoc and not expecting that there's going to be some health effects it's remarkable that that anyone ever thought that doing this was a good idea it'll take 20 years because it takes about 20 years for the mainstream medicine to admit you know problems like this but this particular article is i didn't write this article this is a reprint with permission that originally appeared on notes from the social clinic on november 10th this is a stunning stunning study that was published as the mortz et al study where they they looked at the pathophysiology specifically of what happens when the spike protein goes into human body. Uh, The endothelial cells are like skin cells on the inside of our body, okay? So you you have to admit that there's a problem if you have spike protein here because there was an abundant amount in the parts that were inflamed. Where was it inflamed? Blood vessel cell walls. That's not good. The lymphocytes, not good, right? Every cell in our body, you can't go, oh, the immune system's just sitting by. It's not affected by the spike. No, the spike protein can get into some immune cells and that's the job of the immune cells is to pick up spike protein. It's a foreign protein. So once it gets in there, it it wreaks all the havoc that it can, uh, like it's supposed to. That's what a spike protein does. Um, The endothelial cells becoming immunologically injured Uh, an intravascular coagulation clotting within the vessel itself. This was published in an MDB, uh, MDPI journal. It's a case report, multifocal necrotizing encephalitis and myocarditis. Encephalitis and myocarditis, the same patient. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, remember Zika? Mm -hmm. Zika came by, and at this this time, Chris Exley had published a study of five brains showing that aluminum was co-localized with um, the inflamed parts of the brain and the, and the dead cells in the brain and uh, uh, in, ki- in kids with autism and people with autism. Zika was causally determined with the strongest evidence to date, quote, unquote, Dr. Who? Anthony Fauci. Mm-hmm. From one autopsy, from one fetus that died in a mom who had been vaccinated, who, 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 sorry, a mom who had a, a, a Zika infection one brain. And we're talking down in Brazil that this was analyzed. The, 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 the baby was in Brazil. The autopsy was done in. Okay. or right. some. some right.
0: And, I, <laughs> and, I, and I, I point it, I point out Jack for the sake of the, ter, the larger terrain discussion, because again, we can get caught in the weeds of viral causation versus evidence of presence. Is it causative and go, all right, what about the larvicide indicative of the symptoms of microcephaly and on and on right. we go. Stimulating all kinds of what we call a viral activity, for instance, right. absence of minerals. On and on it goes. Just throwing that out.
2: Well, anyway, I, uh, n- knowing that all of the evidence of Zika was put out f- by by HHS by Fauci mm-hmm. was based on one brain mm-hmm. from one uh, fetus means that you don't have to have randomized clinical trials to know something. Apparently, right? You could just go on one, guess. right? Well, this is a case study, which means it's one patient how many studies are out there that show that you can have myocarditis with the spike protein involved with the heart muscle next to a heart muscles fusing the two of them fusing because the spike protein caused what's called syncytia. The syncytia Hmm. caused the heart, heart muscles to fuse. You can't have a viable heart cell if it has two nuclei and it, it can't, control the proper beating and the Mm -hmm. muscle activity that a muscle cell has to do so the heart cells both die guess who comes to clean up the mess if the heart if the heart cells die the immune system comes in you have to get it in there you have to have macrophages in there to do autophagy to break down Mm -hmm. those well what are you going to get if you have a person that doesn't exercise very well or worse if you have a person that's super fit Mm -hmm. you're you're doing autophagy so efficiently there that you find and you're breaking down that ability to do so when you're working your,
0: your body as it's designed to be done. Uh, and normally that would be an advantage. But in these advantages, we're seeing young, high-level, professional-level athletes dropping dead suddenly. Uh, so it, it hits both ends of the spectrum. It's like indiscriminate or non-discriminatory in terms of the, the risk uh, of death. Due to whatever this in- injection as we're finding out is actually doing. I speculated. And of course, they, you know, said, oh, that's absurd. You don't know. And we know we're finding out we've been right about yeah. the things. And if we're wrong, we say it. It's like, that's I'm exactly not a guy, right. an ego. I'm like, I want to help people. And so as I see these pathways being implicated and the end results, being, I'm like, all right, let me strategize on how do we work the other way to help these people live. You know, I'm not condemning them to death. Some people do because, oh, you were stupid. You got the shot. Look, I- I've been stupid in my life when I didn't know stuff. Why would I condemn anybody? I wouldn't want to be condemned. I want to help if they want to be helped. I can't help them if they don't. Right. But we're now at a you know point where people are waking up and realizing the very industry, I can call it that, the medical industry, that claims it's the only industry that's legitimate to help them is the one that caused the problem. Well,
2: exactly, exactly right. When you have a nation full of healers who are actually doing a far more work on how to help people recover from iatrogenic illness from this and other vaccines now, the yeah. sudden death pathophysiology of the vaccine mRNA molecule. I read that word study before this report came out on Notes from the Social Clinic that I read it and I said, of course they found that. How could they not find that, right? Mm-hmm. It, that's what you're going to see in a person where all of this goes so wrong. Now, there might be something individual about a patient that gets encephalitis necrotizing encephalitis vasculitis and myocarditis all in the same patient we better we better figure out what's wrong with that patient mm. uh, i suspect this was a boosted patient the boosted patients are doing a l- far worse i mean so much mm. so that australia threw their hands up and say nope we shouldn't use it and new york times nope Boosted, pro- boosting is probably not going to do anything in terms yeah. of protecting from serious COVID. Why? Because it's probably making these people so sick they show up at the hospital. Guess what they get? They get COVID, so they get a diagnosis. It's a mess. That 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 epide- The epidemiology, the diagnosis of COVID is a whole other story. That's a mess. But well, you're yeah. exactly right. So uh, Tia Parks, mm-hmm. React 19, uh, two different people, two different organizations, Tiffany at React 19 are bringing doctor after doctor after doctor together to figure out how to heal the body after exposure to the spike protein from the vaccine and bless their hearts from long-haul COVID. Uh, We're going live through Facebook right now. I want the fact checkers to go back in time, look at my profile, and take the dings against me because I was the guy that came out, watch this, December 2020, and told our community about long-haul COVID. Mm -hmm. Didn't exist. Facebook never heard about it before, so I must be making it up. This wow. is what fact-checking is. You guys are behind the time. You've got a scientist that inhabits and lives. I'm a yeah. denizen of Facebook, and yet you're going to look at me and go, oh, he's just making that up. Fact so checking we're going to ban you. We need to do As opposed to learning from a card-carrying yeah. scientist who's well,
0: And, and I was bringing this up with Super Don in the last hour about all the people now that are claiming to leave Twitter, the leftist Hollywood elitist. I'm like, really? You, you, you used to be a champion, or at least theoretically, for freedom of speech? Right, and now you are the, uh, you know, the, the you've become worse than what you said you abhorred in terms of censorship on the other side of the political aisle. And, and their head,
2: the, the logic implosion in their head, like Sam yeah. Harris, right? He's like, yeah, I think that we should continue to censor because there's going to be people speak. You know, a New York Times came out with, there's unfettered conversations going on. Right, we can't have that. Wait, no. I mean, why would you ever want unfettered conversations and free flow of information during a crisis? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's let's have, have some free
0: flowing information uh, and conversation on Alzheimer's. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but enough that we I think we can cover it. There's another article that you put out uh, from the New England Journal of Medicine, a study that finds this first ever reduction in rate of progressive or progression of Alzheimer's uh, lacanumab. A uh, miracle drug, is it for Alzheimer's disease? And, you know, I look at all of these uh, drugs and varying degrees of toxicity, and I, I perceive all of the neurological degradation diseases as diseases of toxicity and deficiency. Uh, those two things primarily, and I'm saying it's exclusively that, but good Lord, let's start there uh, because we can look at what is causing the damage, much like uh, Chris Exley's work on the brain and, and aluminum, and say, yep, a disease of toxicity. Also, what is displaced when you have toxins? What minerals are lost? What other things could we consider? Yet they're looking at what? A drug to do what? When now that most of the, uh, uh, what would they call the amyloid plaque uh, theories were shown
2: to be not actually correct either. What is this supposed to do? Okay. So this is really interesting because we come full circle on this. All right. 1985, it was well known and published that amyloid itself is part aluminum, part amyloid precursor protein, and part silica. Silicon. Okay. So there's a silicaceous part. And yet we've tolerated for 35 years this question of can aluminum cross the blood brain barrier? Robert, aluminum is in amyloid. So there's this idea that maybe it's the neurofibrillary tangles instead of amyloid. Mm -hmm. You talk to James Lionsweiler, what about it's the amyloid and the neurofibrillary tangles? Where's that hypothesis? No, no, no. We can't do that because that would say aluminum's a toxin in the brain. We cannot say aluminum's a toxin in the brain. It's in our water. We do, We put aluminum in our water to, to flocculate it, to stop it from being, you know, the, the metals from the pipes leaching in. Uh, we have aluminum in vaccines. How in the world could we ever allow the public to know that aluminum molecule sits at each and every point of the brain where there is amyloid? can't have that Mm -hmm. so the aluminum hypothesis the amyloid hypothesis is the aluminum hypothesis so they killed the aluminum hypothesis well this study actually shows something incredibly remarkable you take patients there are about 870 patients who got this monoclonal antibody i was very skeptical of it when i saw that the clinical trial was designed i said there's going to be brain bleeding there's going to be strokes okay we'll get to that they took 870 people and gave them placebo 870 people had the amyloid cleared from their brain. I mean, it's like a huge, huge success in terms of the removal. And The removal is not 16% or 20% or 60%. It's nearly 100% of the amyloid is gone. The amyloid load, gone. But you said that 870
0: was the placebo. You're telling me the placebo resulted in 800, 100% removal of amyloid? No, no,
2: no, no, no. You had experiment and placebo. It's a real okay. clinical trial. So they were equal. In, in the experimental the group, given the given the monoclonal antibody, the gotcha. amyloid cleared. I might have said it backwards. Okay. The amyloid yeah, cleared. cleared thank you. Okay. Right. And, and the, the effect size is huge. No. Well, if they cleared the amyloid and the, and the Alzheimer's stayed and it progressed at the same rate, then yeah, that would completely demolish the amyloid hypothesis. But it didn't they progressed at a rate that was one quarter slower than the placebo group. Now, if you say, oh, wait, what about the bleeding? What about the strokes? Look at the placebo bleeding and strokes, okay? it happened there, too. We're talking about old folks, okay? Not that it's okay, but that's what happened. They're also undergoing imaging. That's a risk for bleeding and strokes all by itself, okay? Yeah. They're, they're undergoing the stress of going to the doctors and getting a jab of some kind in their arm. Okay, that's, that's a stress. So... Um, when, when you see this, then, if it was just the amyloid clearing and no effect, amyloid hypothesis debunked. I I'll, I'll, I'll hate that word, but I'll use it. Yeah. That's not what happened. What happened was this study says the amyloid hypothesis is correct. It might not explain all of it, however, because it's, the Alzheimer's it. still took rest in sure. those patients it's just at a and. slower rate.
0: It's an and, not an or. Uh, you know, it's the plus factor. I talk about all the factors that are involved. It's not what they always like to make it be one thing. And certainly they don't want that one thing to be a toxic poison that they're responsible for, whether it be, um,
2: yeah, well, exactly. Aluminum. So we have this huge yeah. industry ready for all the baby boomers to go to Alzheimer's. Now here's, here's what I think is going to happen right there's So there's this new test that's out. It's been out for a little while now by Ellie Kaplan at Neurotrack. It's a non-invasive test. You look at two images side by side. Uh, and you look at them 30 times, you're you're shown random images, 30 of them, and then you get another bank of images, 30 of them side by side. All you do is look at the screen. Mm-hmm. The computer tracks where your eyes go. The people who are pre-disposed to Alzheimer's can be detected as having early stage Alzheimer's 18 months before any other symptom. Okay, because their eyes look at both of the screens both sides of the screen equally. Mm. Uh, whereas the person that doesn't have Alzheimer's, I hope no no one does, uh, our, um, our brains, our hippocampus causes our eyes to look at the new items that were not in the first bank of images with a higher frequency. So, they so deter- we spend more time named- on novelty exactly. automatically. It's yeah. a brilliant test. So if these people wow. that take this test that are given something like lifestyle modification, yes, right? More sunshine, yes better diet yes all the interventions that we know but the mainstream media won't tell you about that can reduce the onset of uh, risk of onset of alzheimer's Mm -hmm. and they're given a monoclonal antibody against us don't you think that we'll stave off alzheimer's yeah in, in a huge way if we do it early rather than later sure and also i i might posit that
0: even without the monoclonal antibodies we could probably achieve it fully holistically. Not that I'm opposed to people utilizing that as well, but that's not studied. It, this is what was studied. So you're bouncing off of that study, which is brilliant. And I love it because it's indica- right. indicative right. of where we could and should
2: be going. And uh, we will no, be no, going because because yeah. the Alzheimer's burden, the disease burden of Alzheimer's is enough to destroy the United States of America in we, baby boomers. And, and we've talked about that with the autism burden. And yeah, of course, exactly. you know, part of the problem with calling
0: it autism is we're, we're kind of hiding what it really is in many cases, uh, you know, severe neurological injury due to heavy metal toxicity, poisoning, mercury and aluminum. And you know, aluminum. And exactly. So if yeah. it's
2: successful in Alzheimer's, what, what, how long before they turn around and they say, let's test this on kids with with autism? It's yeah. our job to make sure that the natural and holistic approaches are in those clinical trials. Now, I want to talk about safety because I'm not naive to safety. There sure. was one woman on this trial who died, but she didn't die from the treatment. She died because they sent her home and she ended up starting to have a stroke. So they rushed her to the hospital and they gave her a really strong anti-clotting medicine to mm-hmm. fight the stroke upon administration of that medicine. That's when her blood vessel, vessel burst. It was it the too out. strong anti-clot. What these people should have done is they should have said, if you're on the trial, You're in this experimental arm. Here's a pack of pills. If you feel anything like a stroke, take one of these um, every four hours until we can get to you. Mm -hmm. And they would have stopped all these adverse events. And so it's not as though medicine needs to be done in isolation of medical treatment. Medical research should not be done in isolation of medical treatment. In fact, it's quite the opposite. They should have been made, been more vigilant about uh, staving off strokes. How how many times have I, you know, I had to deal with someone who came from a doctor
0: on a blood thinner and told to take aspirin. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's like, I'm not a medical doctor and I can read the literature and go, that's the stupidest thing you can do. You want to, you want to have somebody bleed out and watch them die. Uh, These are the things that happen every day. And, and I'm not saying they're intentional. I'm not calling out every doctor is trying to kill you. I know there's some some really nefarious docs out there, but in any field, there's nefarious folks. Um, you know, One begins with the name F, uh, uh, who just had a deposition. We didn't have time to talk about. We'll have to do that on another visit. Uh, but let me ask you about the ipac-edu.org and how people can participate, because you've invited me to speak at a Monday evening type event. I think it's a seven o'clock on the East Coast, so four o'clock yeah. Pacific, uh, and we're going to do a, a copper discussion, little presentation, which is great. Copper
2: and your health is so important, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I learned it from Robert Scott Bell, and I want to share it with you through IPAC-EDU. So the science webinar uh, on Monday evenings is the forum by which you can come and get a little taste of the kinds of things we're doing over at IPAC-EDU. If you're already a student, just you know how to do it and sign up. If you're not a student, you go to the website mm-hmm. and you find the registration page. And you can just find the science webinar. And there's a lot of cool courses that you should spend some time browsing around there and figure out that website's worth your time. Yeah,
0: I'm on it right now. Don's going to put it up. We've got hit registration Superdome. up at the top right there. So
2: registration. We
0: click on that red
2: button. Registration. That's it. You're on it. Okay. And so we're down.
0: looking at all. If we scroll down, you look at a lot of different uh, courses that are offered and the pricing, which I think is very reasonable. Well, wait, wait. Keep okay. All the way down. All the way
2: down. All the way down.
0: Okay, keep there going. they are.
2: And there's down at the bottom. There, there's multiple pages. Okay, so each of those images is a course. You go back up go up, back up a little. Okay. So go, now go back down just a little bit more, <laughs> and stop just after those images. Okay, after the images. Yeah. See, there's three pages. There's 35 courses that are listed here. 35 options. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and so, so you, where is it for a Monday evening? If somebody wants to join us, uh, I don't know where it landed on the menu, but it's there. You can sign okay. up for for it. Um, and, and when you when you sign up for it right now, it's good till the end of the year, and then then you have to re-sign up. But okay, you know, we have so many um, students. We have, we're four semesters old. We have seven hundred and fifty students, and the students are coming back. They're coming back for more courses, and they say things like, you know, I now can talk to my uh, family and mm-hmm. my friends with confidence i don't know everything but they know something's changed about me because they know genetics from biology they they understand the details and they can get up they can get under the hood with uh their doctor family members or their nurse family members and we don't offer any certificate or degree because that's not the point the point is learning yeah. and uh if you want a certificate or degree that might come sometime but we're working to get continuing medical education credits so we can teach the doctors and change medicine from the inside out. So mm-hmm. that'll happen probably in 2023. And uh, Jack, when is your show on you? Cause you're doing a regular broadcast as well, right? I, I don't have a regular broadcast. I, there's no. the very best place for people to find me is at popular rationalism Uh, the popular rationalism is where I notify my followers and every the community about almost everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, once in a while I do an unbreaking science and we have some really, really uh, impressive guests coming, but yeah, this is where I publish my -hmm. thinking. This really took off during COVID when they were going for the uh, workplace mandates. And I, I would get up at five in the morning and I would just write the heck out of Hey, wait a minute. Let's put inject some reality into this discussion about workplace mandates, and yeah. would encourage everybody to send the article to their congressman and their senator, mm-hmm. so that they could see reason and logic. And I think that's—I'd like to think that that had an effect on on you know people's people's thinking. About I think this. it is having an effect,
0: and I love having these conversations with you. This is for those of you who are big fans of Dr. Jack. Um, you're always welcome here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. We always apply critical thinking skills to. Probably some some outrageous stories that we also have to cover outside of even the scientific realm. But um, this is about getting back to some level of sanity and uh, enjoying life and you know creating or co-creating a new something that you want to see rather than waiting for it to be done for you. That's the problem we've had for a long time. And, uh, Jack, that's what you're doing so well. And I'm so glad to be on this journey with you, my friend.
2: I'm thinking the same thing. I'm so happy that we're on this planet at the same time, you know. All right, let's 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 go do some good. And uh, if you guys share, the best thing you can do for me, if you want to do me a favor, not you, Robert, Scott Bell, you've done more than you share. Please, if you can't get a paid subscription of Popular Rationalism, please consider sharing an article a week. That's all I'm asking. If you have a free subscription, pick your favorite one and share it by email or share it on social media. That's the most important thing that you can do because then other people will get to find this good stuff and you're going to look really smart. Agreed. And that's why I ask you to just share the show. When we're on, share the show. You
0: don't assume because you know what everybody else does. They don't. They don't know about Dr. Jack and IPAC yet. Share it. And uh, then we break the cycle of censorship that is imposed on us only because we participate in it. Uh, We choose to do otherwise. So uh, Dr. James Linesweiler, thank you, my friend. So good to have you on board again. Thank you too. Happy holidays, everybody. We sell gift cards. All right. we we'll, right, we'll see you again and see you on a Monday evening for one of the science presentations with Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. And I'm so excited about that. <laughs> for those of you who know, we also do a bonus round informally after the show is over. 60 seconds from the end of the show, a blip if you're on the podcast later. But thank you for being here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please say thanks to those sponsors that make this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty possible. And there are banners up and down the Robert Scott Bell Show site. Sign up for the newsletter by going to robertscottbell.com and signing up or texting RSB to 22828. And we'll pause for a moment and be back with the bonus round because the power to heal is yours. I see these comments um, that they're coming through Restream that's called paired. I think that's because Jack had uh, utilized Restream to kind of go out to his audience as well. And one of
1: the one of the cool features of Restream is that, yeah, uh, that if there are other people that have channels that uh, they can pair into um, the stream mm-hmm. that they're on when they connect on Restream, they have the ability to do that. And so that is hello so to cool. everybody who's watching on the uh, various He's other aware. Yeah. Websites uh, and channels in the uh, James yeah. Lyons Weiler. Tanya
0: had said something earlier. I just saw. Shocking how uninformed even top doctors are. I heard Doctor Pierre Corey say recently he hadn't looked at this before, but was now reevaluating this. Meanwhile, children suffer. You know this. This is a big part of what we have been witnessing. Uh, a, a person like a Doctor Pierre Corey, who's not a dummy. No one would claim he is but completely unexposed to the kind of information that we flow with here on this show or that Dr. Jack is doing. And, you know, Peter McCullough, you know, brilliant cardiologist yet not exposed to this information. Like, you know, I bring up the time when we were on stage together and the next time he's like, talk again about that stuff. I didn't, I didn't learn any of that. Right. They're acknowledging the limitations of their training and education. And so people like Pierre Corey never exposed to it, maybe never open to it until recently. Uh, unfortunately, it's taken a lot of death and mayhem to get them to that point, but that seems to be the nature of change on the planet until it becomes so uncomfortable that you're suddenly now going, oh, okay, well, I guess I better look at it now. Now, we could judge them and say, well, why didn't you look at it then? But then all we're going to be doing is judging one another and not moving you know, in a, in a direction I think is positive. That doesn't mean you can't hold them to account for the things they did prior to the time they know, but now that they know if they're not doing better or attempting to do better, then you might could dismiss them as not an ally in a sense, not working in the same thing. And they may never believe the same things we all believe here, or many of us do, but I've noticed that they're coming our way. We're not going theirs because their way is toxic and poisonous for the most part, outside of acute trauma interventions, which we talked about, I think even yesterday with one of our guests who was an EMT as well as a nurse. So I I love the discussion. Super D carries on our tradition of real critical thinking and engagement of, uh, You know, think about when Jack was talking about uh, the app for aluminum measurement for those that are still going into pediatricians and trying to go to a schedule that's, you know, wait three months apart as opposed to a thousand years apart. And and some of us would go, why would you even go to pediatrician? But not everybody's there yet. So do you just like, sorry, if you survive, we'll be here for you. Or do you try to engage and help them there and then they'll figure it out more likely than they would if we had ignored them or condemned them? Right. So that's an interesting thing too, because I, I feel it. You know, not having been part of that, let's say consciousness or community, I don't even think about going to pediatricians anymore. But there's still people that do. What do we do? Kind of help them, I think, if they're ready. If they're ready. If they're ready. When they're, they're not ready, you'll force them to do it anyway.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, that's our Just that's our rule. What we do? Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow, good show today. Went by fast. It did, didn't it?
0: Really good. Top of the middle of the week to you, my friend. And it's the last yeah, day of November 2022. Can you imagine? We got here. Somewhere. I know.
1: December tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you ready? I don't know what that means, even. Are you ready so. for it? You ready for December? Ready or not? It's coming, right? It is. It yeah. is. You got snow outside? Yeah. I shoveled snow yesterday uh, and uh, we were out in it. Um, and it's kind of slushy, but it's melting a little bit. But the, yeah, the mountains are beautiful. And you know what you say. You need you need the groundwater, so the snow is a good thing, ultimately. Uh, and it was good. I got the beds covered, all the growing beds covered, just in time for this snow, which was what I was hoping for. Because as you develop that layer, it can cur- generate the heat, and that over the winter um, breakdown of the soil and making it more bioavailable, more awesome for the spring when we when we start again. Although I am still growing in the greenhouses. I just saw Marge. Right. Hi, Marge. Welcome. Did you just show hey, up? Hey, Marge is here. Right at the end of the show. <laughs> Thanks for caring. No, I'm teasing, Marge.
1: Haven't Marge. heard from you in a while. Yeah. Glad glad to see you.
0: We haven't determined when we're going to do an AMA for December Our yet. Next
1: AMA. Yeah. Yeah. Let's figure it out tomorrow.
0: Okay. We'll do that. Uh, we we'll should have Jonathan E. Moore back for Sacred Fire of Liberty. It'd be good to have yep. an update because last week was Thanksgiving. We didn't do a live show then. We missed so him last week. we have fun to catch up with him. And uh, Friday's show should be live from L.A. area. I don't know exactly where, but Tony O'Donnell is hosting a fundraiser for Children's Health Defense and Robert Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr., Bobby Kennedy, and I'll be there broadcasting. That is the plan. And at the event, I should have some really cool interviews. We okay. do already have an amazing interview with Alex Newman for Sunday's radio broadcast. Uh, we do Don't want to miss that. And for those of you who are patron supporters, you'll have access to watch the video of that interview even before it airs on radio.
1: Yeah. I might even uh, upload that today.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's the a, preview you around. guys get ahead. You get the future now because you're a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell show. So thank you for that. And, and then how do you, you become a patron Patriot. supporter Robert Scott Bell? I don't I think you'll have to tell them cause I don't know. Oh God, what, what? What? I don't know. I just, been just go, the, go to the show.
1: website. There's a banner It says Patreon. Oh, that's a way that you can support the show. And mm-hmm. there's different levels of support that you can, uh, part, uh you know, partake in. There, mm-hmm. um, it's as low as as like 4.99 a month. Yeah, and it goes a long way to keep things going and yeah. help us keep the lights on around here. Yep.
0: Thank you for that, everybody that does that. It's so grateful, yep. so grateful. And and some of you have donated outside of that. We want to make sure, and we've invited you to our AMAs because some people don't want to do a patron or whatever. But
1: Maybe we'll do um, it one more time here this one because we we put the invite out there yeah. for the last AMA and nobody yeah. bit. So
0: so we'll make sure we have the access to everybody that's that's given because some of you have have put the you know paid for some things on the wish list for the show for Super yep. Don and things. And he's standing up. Look at him standing up doing stand up desk. It's awesome. Yep.
1: My Let back still know. hurts, but <laughs> well, there's a transition. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I want
0: you it. to stand on some cushiness, if you will. Yeah. yeah
1: well,
0: our, get... our friend Leslie, who I'm going to connect with shortly after the show to do some podcast stuff with her for the network, um, mm-hmm. she says it is very scary how many doctors just choose to not look deeper into the literature they are handed by the pharmaceutical companies, and then she says I would rather encourage them to continue to dig deeper. We cannot hold someone accountable for knowledge they had not yet attained. They will get there as they witness what is happening around them, those who seek truth will find it. Yeah. And I recognize as you do, do you, uh, that not everybody's seeking truth and I'm not going to waste my time with them, but if they're ever ready, we, we'll be here for them. And then she says, I'll chain them to the wall until they're ready. <laughs> Leslie, you're <laughs> funny. She's joking, joking, joking. Anyway, great show today, y'all. Thank you for being here. And thank you to all the new uh, viewers and listeners through uh, IPAC and Dr. James Weiler. And uh, we'll be together in February. At that event, IPAC. Dash, uh, no, that, that event is Next Steps. Next-Steps.info. Tia Severino, and there is a discount code RSB10 to get discount tickets. So you can get a little ten percent off. There is Next-Steps.info. February 22nd through 25th, Lake Lanier Islands, Buford, Georgia, just outside of Atlanta. Look forward to seeing you in February. Birthday time, including
1: James us. Lyonsweiler. Yes, he's, not, he's up there, there too. too.
0: Brian Hooker. Sin hang lee, P, uh, Chris. Oh, look at look at all the people here. Wow.
1: Tia Severino, uh Pauly yep. Tommy, mm-hmm. um, Stephanie uh, Lucritio. Stephanie Lucretio, Dr. Yeah. Peter McCullough, Robert Hooker, Hang Lee, mm-hmm. James Twin's Wey- uh Weiler, uh Mercola. Scylla Whatcott. Scylla Whatcott. Dude, I yeah, thank you. I see these yeah. these faces. You know these I'm just faces, like, I know right? who that is. Yeah uh moms across america what's her name
0: uh who's that um where are we looking i'm not seeing the bottom
1: in the middle above the word steps
0: oh right uh oh good lord now i'm doing it
1: Come on. <laughs> oh Thanks. no we're in trouble we
0: know these people so we're well in trouble. We somebody
1: happened. somebody help us okay. here somebody in the uh, chat room what's her yeah. name i can't remember stupid me Zen, Zen honeycut. There we Thanks go. Thank Margie you, Mar, Of course, March. She's a big fan of Zen honeycut. How, we, Zen how honey
0: do how we cut. not? I'm sorry, March. Zen you I mean, know what?
1: You showed up just in time for that, right there. Us. That's that. Yeah, that you that were was. The, <laughs> it was divine intervention. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
0: uh, let's see. N C C A O M for family. Jamma heard yesterday's story from Idaho and the daycare that actually happened here in Texas, but couldn't get them to put it in writing. Oh, so, yeah, uh, as we say, you, when you think about where these uh, daycare centers are that say, no, we will not acknowledge or honor religious exemptions to jabs, you got to get your kid jabbed before they, yeah. it's not just where you'd think it would happen, like California, New York, but Idaho and Texas. So you got to really hold your feet to the fire wherever you are or find out uh, another way which we, we talked about creating a private membership association kind of daycare that's outside of the public health realm and you can exclude people who are jabbed if you want. That's because you're not in the public square, so to speak. All right. What else we got to cover? Oh, you know what? That last story of the day is is worth at least mentioning. Five best superfoods that support the liver. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if the liver's not working well, all bets are off. All disease becomes possible and likely. Heal the liver and all healing becomes possible and likely. Uh, Let's see what they list here as far as their five. They list barley and oats. Which are a good source of dietary fiber. I would definitively say that if it's not certified organic, you want to avoid it because it's likely desiccated in glyphosate and it will be. And and this is a good
1: example, Robert Scott Bell. Yes. Of of
0: using the critical thinking
1: here, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Because some people would, uh, I've gotten emails from articles Mm -hmm. like once in a while, it's not like a lot. Yeah, we' be like oh well you know you did it doesn't say that it's organic and so that's yeah. bad and I, why why would you share that and it's just like come on what did you just do right now mm-hmm. you didn't say that barley and oats are bad you're saying that organic barley and oats are better and so you could look at this and go yeah barley and oats now no you don't want the bad ones that have yeah say,
0: one desiccated yeah. you know just
1: change 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 the word here just put organic yeah. in front of barley and oats right, right?
0: Right, you and know, the next one, number two, crucif- cruciferous vegetables, organically organic. grown, organic, or you know, there you know. you've grown it even better than organically. Uh, yeah, you know, the,
1: the broccoli was a disappointment this year, but we'll see. Yeah, what it
0: didn't next year. we had some too? It came out like that, but I had some really late in the season. I was surprised. I was just eating it off the, you know, I wouldn't even pick it i just go down and bite it right off the thing it was really good that way i like yeah, it
1: grazing
0: in your, in your I was garden. grazing yeah, yeah right. it's yeah, the cows yeah. do it next door sometimes they get in the garden all right
1: so here's another one right
0: yeah. right what organic is this? Blueberries, blueberries and, and leafy greens. greens it's pretty simple yeah. that's all you got to do okay. just put the word there good phytonutrients organic oh, no. coffee yeah.
1: now the green tea thing i know that's been a little bit controversial because people are say that there's fluoride in it Mm-hmm. Um, right
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. So, so
0: caution there
1: there you go and, and water water i don't know why they wrote it this way is this a typo olives oil i think so who is olive yeah. and why do you take her oil you give yeah. it back to her
0: come on apostrophe s yes, maybe yes. um but uh, olive oil again this is something you got a lot True of oil, olive oil right. right and a lot of the oil olive oil may not be what they say it is. So yep. you got to do your research. When they say research shows olive oil improves whatever, good cholesterol, we've talked about the nonsense of good and bad cholesterol, but right. um, the fact is olive oil is amazing when it's really clean and virgin or extra virgin and not rancid, not you know old, whatever it is. It's great stuff. I'm a fan. I, I like yeah. olive oil. I do. I don't like I cooking do. with it. I just like eating it
1: raw. And there's a lot of different oils out there. Yeah. Um, so I've, used, is, I've used avocado oil before and I thought yeah. that was pretty good.
0: By the way, this five list superfood list is not a comprehensive list. It's not everything. It just happens to be no, an article on sound. Just, just, just the tip of the iceberg. A little bit of insight to try some things if you're not considering them. Of course, mm-hmm. we go selenium and copper, you know, a lot of things that are good for the liver, chromium, good for the liver. Reach out to Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com. When are we hooking up with Leslie? Is it the bottom of the hour? Yeah, in about fifteen minutes, yeah. Okay, so do we need to reconnoiter in the record? Uh,
1: yeah, training? I think we're going to try that Try that route. And if that doesn't work, we'll try something different, but we'll see.
0: Okay, well, we'll look forward to uh, seeing Leslie in a moment. And then eventually you'll see and hear her on our podcast network, if you can call it that. And we'll have fun adding to the list with the... Uh, what's oh, the and where?
1: by the way, we teased something, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, starting tomorrow, we've got a new f- uh, f- uh, sponsor to talk to you about.
0: We might have a second one this weekend too, which I'm excited this about. This Weekend, but
1: tomorrow um, yeah. we're we're adding a new family member to the Robert Scott Bell Show uh, sponsors. And Very so cool. We'll, we'll be able to talk to you about that. So looking forward to that.
0: Yep. And if you're not clear about how to address the damage in the endothelial system, Mm-hmm. That was a
1: great. That awesome. was a great webinar last night.
0: Yeah, and and so uh, for those that you are what they call influencers, you got a, a reach you may want to be partaking in the cardio miracle promotions and you can also benefit and support yourself because they're very generous in helping, uh, people that are very patriotic, believe in freedom, health, freedom, all of that. Uh, John Hewlett is an amazing man. I just respect him immensely. And I'm so appreciative of of all the things that he's doing for, for all of us, uh, to get well and stay well and to support our message of health, freedom, and healing Liberty. So there you go. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks to Dr. Jack and, uh, check out IPAC and we'll be doing one of the Mondays in December. I think I, I think I know which Monday it's going to be uh, the 12th, I think. Yeah. The 12th of December, a Monday evening, 7 PM Eastern, 4 PM Pacific. I'll be doing a little copper presentation for everybody through IPAC. If you want to do that. So anything else, Super D
1: that should do it. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. We do have a guest tomorrow. It is a Dr. Doc- Courtney Gowen will be on tomorrow. She's a uh, chiropractor, hmm. and she's got some some health freedom stuff going on that we're going to talk about. So that'll be tomorrow, including doc, or, uh, doctor. Doctor, you should be a doctor, uh, Jonathan Nemard.
0: Yes. <laughs> All right, Liberty. All right. All right. God bless y'all. We're Thank right you. Be uh, back twenty two hours or less from now.